Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Man's podcast. We really hope that you enjoy this upcoming episode, and we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you could, on your way out, hit the like, comment, share, subscribe button, share this with your friends and family. We really appreciate it. We're just starting the conversation. We're sparking it. We don't have the solutions, but the goal is to spark the conversation. Sometimes a student is a teacher, and sometimes a teacher is a student. Have a good day. Yo, 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 what's up, man? Welcome to the Thinking Man's Podcast. It's your boy, Corey. You know, I got my co-host with me, Ken. And we got our family on here. We got boy, Aaron O, Tommy B. We got Mandrell. What's up, fellas, man? How y'all doing? What's going on, man? All hey, right. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? Aaron O, what's up, man? <laughs> yo, what you what you doing, man? I, listen, you I just, you know I just got off Fight Club. Don't even start. Don't even start right now. No, nah, hey, hey, man. I, I get it, man. Trust me, I get it. Hey, that's the number one. That's the number one on YouTube right now, man. Fight Club. And that boy oh. be putting in overtime over there, too. <laughs> man, you need a hey, cup of coffee, you, bro. Hey. <laughs> Your boy, I've been working. You ain't lying about that. I've been working. Uh, I thought it was bad when you first started, boy. I'm like, damn, he on all day now? Shit. <laughs> yeah, man, we went. We've been went crazy. It, it just be man. If I got the time, sometimes I gotta cancel stuff. I kind of feel bad about it, but it would just be one of them days, man. No, it's yeah. been cool though. It got a little crazy, a little skeptical, a little, you know what I mean. But you know, <sighs> what y'all been up to though? Everything good? <laughs> what, what's up, Tommy? What what you been up to, bro? I mean, uh, shit, maxing and relaxing, man. Chilling with the kids. Uh, I think I told you last episode, me and they mom back together, so we've been chilling. So I just been shit working and chilling, man, working my ass off sixteen, eighteen hours and shit. But you know, getting to the chicken. Andrea, what you been up to, man? You still you you in the gym? Like you asked me, you in the gym? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the gym. You know it. I'm hey, I might be moving up <clears throat> to your state. Okay. Next year oh, and a half. Shit. So next year, year and a half, maybe. What are you thinking about? Probably Dallas. Ah, uh, don't do Dallas, man. Come on uh, to the H, man. What about Austin? Austin that seems to be where all the that seems to be where all the all the don't money do Austin is. Austin, if you don't like the techies, bro. Austin, yeah, Austin's yeah, gonna yeah, turn into little California. It's, it's gonna turn yeah. into mini California. That seems yeah. to be where all the money is. In the real estate is the real estate is popping in Austin. From what I heard, heavy. Corey, what you been up to, bro? How you doing, man? Man, I've been working, grinding, man. I've been uh, taking a day at a time just trying to clear some stuff off my plate because I've been overeating and I'm starting to feel the effects of it. So I'm just trying to, uh, you know, re recalibrate, man, and put things in perspective and just move some things around. But I'm steady stacking, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, look, I'm going to need everybody to mute up. We're going to get straight to it. All right. I think you're very attractive. Thank you. And I wanted to ask you if you're single. I am single. You are single? Yes. Why is that? Yeah, why? Because uh, I'm just focusing on work right now. So you wouldn't have time to put a lady in your life? Uh, not the way I would want to. What's that way? What's the way you want to? Uh, I would want to be able to make her a priority. I don't think I can do that right now. So you're not scared of like missing out on the right girl? Let's say 
you meet me today and you think I'm the right girl and you're not gonna talk to me because you don't have really a lot of time like to meet me so you're not gonna talk to me at all well if you're the right girl but I treat you wrong because I don't necessarily have the time to devote to you that I wanted to then I don't think I would do either of us a good service so the question is, can women handle rejection? What's up, Aaron? What you think? <laughs> <laughs> can women handle rejection? Uh, no. No, they can't. It, 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 they got an ego that's bigger than we'd ever like to discuss. Uh, they'll, they, there are a few that will make the attempt, but getting rejected outright is a huge blow to their ego. It hurts. So I, I, I would say just watching that video, men can be honest. We can say we ain't looking for no relationship. We ain't, we, we ain't really on that right now. They're going to be like, I can make him change his mind. He mean that with the other women. I'm special. They'd they be all delusional. Women do not deal very well with rejection because realistically, women would be more more so aggressive in pursuing men because they're less likely to get rejected as a man would be likely, likely to get rejected. So, no, women women don't handle rejection well. I have I haven't met a woman that does. Uh, they'll they'll take it on the chin and be like, yeah, it hurt, but you know. No, they're not. They're not somebody that that represents rejection in a positive light. And uh, all their actions, they usually are. They want to defer. Men are the leaders. They they don't want nothing. Listen, you know when it comes to accountability, responsibility, I will destroy women. So, but specifically to rejection, no, they they're not good with it. And that ain't changing no time soon. I'm gonna just keep it short. What you think, Tommy B? Um. I agree with Aaron. I just don't think he gave context as to why they aren't good at rejection. We tend to be good at rejection because we grow up being rejected. Like we grow up as the one that's attempting to uh, get with the women. So, you know, like I used to tell people when we grew up, we never left the house without pencil and pad. We was going to get some numbers. And in getting those numbers, you was going to get rejected. And that kind of builds your callus as far as being rejected, but you can't go through a woman's life and find a time where she she's in a position to put herself out there like that. Like that. It's generally not their um, forte to put themselves out there to be rejected like that. That's usually our job, especially when you're talking about a relationship. Um, but you have some of them that can, but for the most part, they just aren't trained to take rejection. Like it's, I mean, I, I think we all have an ego. I just think as for men, because we uh, almost train ourselves to deal with rejection, we deal with it better because, you know, we've actually been rejected. When you're talking about a woman, most women, 20, 25, they ain't really been rejected. You know, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the argument we've been having with JB or whatever with the D-discipline. When you're talking to 18, 19-year-olds, nine times out of 10, they ain't going to have it. So when you're looking at women as, you know, 18 to 20, they ain't too much getting rejected. If they throw it out there, ain't too many of them young boys going to be like, nah. So when you start getting to your 30s and you have a conversation like what he said, because what's interesting too is 
what he used a lot of women don't understand like dating costs and i don't think women understand that side of like if i take you on two dates a month that could easily be six seven hundred dollars a month that's a car note so if i'm in a position where i'm trying to stack bread or whatever it's probably better that i just chill out on a financial level and get myself in a position where you know if if you date on that type of a level um that you get yourself in a position where you can do that because if you do get in a relationship and you can't do that, well, then you're going to be looked at as, oh, he don't do this, oh, he don't do that, or oh, he can't afford to do this, he can't afford that. But, I mean, dating is expensive. So what he said was real. You know, the excuse that he used is real. I've used that excuse before, too, because it's it's expensive. Can, can we just also throw in, uh, women don't handle rejection well. For example, uh, when, when women say, I can turn him down for sex, but he can't turn me down. Yeah, yeah, you, women will literally say he cannot turn me down. That I know that sounds crazy, but they really believe that. You cannot say no to them. And if you say no, something must be wrong. Is you is you playing on this side of the fence anymore? Like they, I'm telling you, they're not playing. You cannot tell a woman no if she wants something. That, that's not even allowed. As a man, unless you got a solid excuse, I'm probably gonna think that way too. I'm gonna but, lie to you. Like, see what I'm saying? Like that's that's what I'm talking I'm, about. But I'm just being real though. I mean, because. At the end of the day, if no, you look you at society, it'd be like this. And, and Corey got that line behind him. It'd be like a, a, a hungry lion walking up to an antelope and just turn around and let him live. Like, that ain't normal. I'm just saying, that ain't normal. But should you have the right time and should they have the thought process? No, absolutely, you should have the right. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, as far as like how we're built, that's just not normal. So the reason why people uh, take it know, that way is you know it's abnormal. Forget it, forget it. Look, like I was on Fight Club, <laughs> and uh, Black Beauty was there, and she said, uh, "If I, we was in the gym, and you had a nice, like, your little body or whatever, and I walked up and under and under your shirt rubbed it, is that like okay?" No. And the guy's you like, "What the hell wrong with you?" And she like, "No, like, I think that's a compliment." So the guy's like, "Are you out your mind? You think you just walk up to a random man you see in the gym?" And and touch this man, especially under the shirt, because you like his body, whatever the case is. And she was like, I think men will like it. That I don't see what and in her mind, it makes total sense. She she wanted to die on the hill after a man was like, No, nah, you might get swung on. I one person was like, Yeah, you might get hit. I was like, I ain't gonna hit a woman in the face or nothing like that, but I'm gonna be like back up off me. She she wanted to die on the hill, so she said, If I was in the, you know, in the gym and you know a guy he saw that, you know, I was working out. It was nice and tight. And he walked up and he just gave me a little smack, you know, on the behind. I, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't even going to test that out. <laughs> I ain't got time to be sitting in nobody jail. <laughs> a word, word? No, that they would never do that because it's a compliment. That that's, that's what happened in her world, bro. Like, no, go ahead and smack a little bit. Just go ahead and get a little tappy tap. Show your gratitude of, of how great of a workout body she got. Just go ahead and get a little tappy tap. That's what she said, bro. I'm trying I to tell you. I think a lot of I think a lot of men and women need to understand that barrier of touching someone else. Like that's a real life barrier. And I don't think a lot of people kind of don't really think about it that way. But yo, when you breaking that barrier of actually physically touching me, we on a whole nother level. And we all know as men, you break that barrier, it's furniture moving after that. You know what I'm saying? So with a female, it might not go that far, but you you still don't touch me. That's that's the ball. 
Now I'm thinking, man, too, a lot of people be capping, you know what I'm saying, in this space. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you walk up to a female in the gym and you go to, you know, get a little strokey or whatever you're going to do, you know, it's definitely going to be some problems. And when, it talk, when you talk about rejection, you got to think about it. I don't think women handle rejection well. No, for a fact, I know they don't handle rejection well because they're emotional beings, more emotional beings. You're talking about sadness. You're talking about hurt feelings, heightened anxiety. You're talking about depression. All that stuff sets in because women are not used to being rejected. They are the ones. And now they're more on the prowl like dudes used to be. So I think the ties have turned and women are more aggressive approaching dudes. And hell no, they don't want to be told no. Like, real example. Some chick came to me and asked me, you know, in my inbox, whatever, can she say her words were, can I have you? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm married, sweetheart, whatever. She said, I don't care. And I said, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm not moving like that. I said, how would you feel if you was with a dude, he did the same thing that you want me to do with you? And she was like, well, damn, you childish. You need to grow up. And I'm like, all because I told you no? And so I don't believe that they handle rejection well because maybe she's used to just simps feeding into it and buying into it because of how she looks. Because she's very attractive. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm going to do what I'm doing, what I got. I'm straight. She didn't deal with it well. And there was a couple women that didn't deal with it well. And they started name calling and all that. But, man, I think a lot of people be capping on here, you know what I'm saying, because it's social media. These women don't want no random dude walking to them, smacking them on their behind, feeling on their breasts, none of that. They say that on this in this space because it's, it's cool, it's cute to say it. But they lying, yo. And no, they don't deal with rejection well. Mandrea, what you think, bro? What you thinking? Well, I mean, I was thinking the same exact thing Tommy was thinking. It's because, no, number one, no, they don't handle rejection well for the most part. You may have one or two out of 10,000 who do, but that's about it. But And it's because they're not used to getting re rejected. And like Corey said, they're more out, out here on the prowl nowadays, yeah. But when you say no, it still shocks the shit out of them. I was in a gym one time. This chick comes up to me, and I know about this chick's past. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she out there like that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> she starts rubbing on my shoulder. And I just looked at her. She was like, what? I said, uh, really? She said, what? No? I said, no. Unhand me. Sure don't. Right. No, sure don't. Didn't say anything to me, just walked up to me, started rubbing on my shoulder. I'm like, you know, the look I gave him, like, the, the, no, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm like, nah. nah. <laughs> okay. <And laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, re I rejected her, and she was like, you should have seen the look on her face, man. She looked like somebody kicked up puppy. Hey, did she have this look right here? Nah, it was more <laughs> sad. Like, like she went to, to a state of depression. And then... I, I it did. Here's the thing. Six weeks later, this chick is uh, posting on Facebook. She's married at her wedding. She's married I, six weeks later. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. <laughs> I, th I was going to say, I think women like that, that, that are out there, like you saying she was, I think they have the most trouble with rejection because they have so many men. Obviously, you can't be like that. If a lot mm -hmm. of men ain't telling you yes. So they have so many men telling them yes, that when somebody tells them no, it does hit them like, wait, what? You know what I'm saying? But to stuff that Corey said, I, I don't think anybody likes rejection. I don't think anybody likes being told no. If you in the bed and you roll over and you rub your lady leg and she like, nah, I'm good, you feel away. <laughs> you like, yo, I was, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready. You feel me? So I, I, I but I think our advantage is again growing up and facing that rejection. 
because we had to. They didn't have to. They could sit there and look pretty, and we're going to come to them. We had to go after them. So we had to face that rejection. Because we had to face that rejection, that's the only reason why the ones of us that do, because let's not get it twisted. There's a lot of dudes out here, and it's getting bigger and bigger. They can't handle rejection. We started to see that on the news and all kind of other places. But yeah. it's why we take it better than women. I don't think it's just because they're emotional. I think it's just we're just trained to. Like At, at a certain point, as a man, you have to accept the fact that you ain't going to be able to win them all. You know, I think somebody said if you can get two or three out of ten women that you holler at, that's a pretty good percentage. Well, that means you've been rejected seven times. It's not many women out here. I mean, if you, unless you just look crazy, it's not many women out here who are going to be rejected seven out of ten times. Yeah, I, I think, though, when you said nobody likes being rejected, that's true. But I, I think the distinction I'm making is the entitlement. Like your girl tell you she's not in the mood, you're gonna be like, ah, oh, she probably is. You you gonna make an excuse in your head to be like, ah, oh, I get it, you probably is tired. You're gonna find a way to make it make sense in your head and let it go. Her entitlement when you tell her no is you can't do that. That that no, you cannot. You, you know what I'm saying? So like I'm just hey, because I'll be getting right. This bro tripping, blood. It's been like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm saying in the moment though. I do what you said. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I got you. We connect. Yeah. We like, yeah, bro. I'm in the moment. She not about to just be like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's the entire process. You also got to think about it too. Like, we don't really have too many excuses. Like, let's just take the bedroom situation uh, for instance. Like, how many excuses do you really have as a man to be like, yeah, I'm not in the mood? It ain't really too. Like, I can say for me personally, I can't think of one. I done had cramps before. I didn't. I'm talking about my mother. Yeah. I'm talking about my stomach. Let's get that right. But you know what I'm saying? I'd have had a Charlie Hurst. But I, 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 hey, the words no ain't coming out of my mouth. Like You know what, Tommy? I'm laughing because <laughs> word up, man. I, I, I've done that too. You know what I'm saying? I'm crapping. <laughs> you, you had a Charlie Hurst horse. And I remember thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like, like why? Uh, I could have just checked out. Man, you know what, we gonna work what, through what, this. what I mean? Right. You still trying to work, through, work through it. Through <laughs> Nah, ain't no try. I've done that too, gonna man. Do this. Mission gonna get accomplished. I'm just glad I ain't the only one. So what do you mm. think it is? Do you think so so y'all are saying that so basically you're saying that because women are not used to being rejected, they don't handle it well. Is that correct? I, I think it's yeah. a mix of that and I think it's a mix of as a society, we already tend to uh uh put them on a on a on a uh on a uh what do you call that uh pedestal pedestal yeah so i think it's a mix of both i think it's one we put them on a pedestal and then i think it's two because they just not used to being rejected like that's just not something that's that's not that's part of our normal upbringing that ain't part of theirs yeah let me give y'all let me give y'all a perfect example and and maybe y'all can tell me this and this is no offense to the bigger women but bigger women tend to take rejection way better than say like smaller women i've noticed that like like when i was single they aggressive i mean uh super aggressive it's it's, it's a complete difference yeah I and women know, women, women also talk well the thing is women are taught the, the opposite you know what i'm saying women are taught that they're princesses and stuff like that you know what i'm saying like this is in it, this is in us all from very young you know what I'm saying? We're used to getting rejected. You remember you've been in there. 
junior high school or whatnot, you step to a chick, Mm-mm, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, oh, all right, then. You have to know, yes, no, maybe. You might get right, a no that back. Old, the elementary school thing, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, you know, they say no. You're just like, all right, then. That's messed up. But, oh, oh, well. And you just kind of move on. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know where they get these new Negroes from. On the way they engineering them at. She told me no. Why are you crying? <laughs> what you crying about? Look, so this this kind of brings up one of the questions. Aaron, I think you remember this one. So the entitlement that women have, do are men not to blame for that? Do you think oh. men or do you think men are the reason that women are entitled in this way and they oh. cannot handle rejection or no? Or the word you know, no. You didn't watch you see, you probably didn't get a chance to catch in the fight club. I was talking about these suckers and these simps earlier. I was on them, man. I ain't gonna even hold you. I was on them. I'm like, the the, the these women I basically the conversation was you know, uh, negotiating with women. I was like, men are not in the, we're not really negotiating with y'all. We're going to tell y'all what to do and you either going to do it or you, you out of there. I know you're not really used to a guy telling you that directly. Like, yeah, you're going to get down with, with my program or you out. Like they not used to a direct statement like that. And a man standing on it. They like, you're not going to negotiate with me. You're not, you're not going to try to or like make it. No, no, not, not going to happen. Well, what you said what? Why would I? Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, I thought you said I should. No, no. But that. But see, this is the thing, Andrea. This is the thing. These men are telling them happy wife, happy life, and guys like us got to come in and tell them things they're not used to hearing. That's not happening. And then the sentence end. It ain't. But I'll do this and da da da. It's no. And they're like, damn, like you. No, that's not what happened with my last man. He 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 got the guitar and the radio was playing outside. He was singing to me out the window. Like, uh, this, this is not fair. So, yeah, yeah these, these suckers from the 90s specifically, you know, I was born in the 80s, but you grew up in the 90s, man. They, they was there singing. You know what they were singing. They were singing all these simp songs. You'll be my forever and all that crap. And women have taken it and run with the baton. And social media has taken off the platform. For men that are not used to engage, look, I did a shoot the shot uh, with a couple people on the panel. Said we was just having a little fun. Uh, so one guy struck, one guy struggled heavily. Uh, I, I gave him an opportunity to redeem himself, but what you'll see is a lot of times these men are used to talking on the internet. They're not used to engaging with women in person, right? And so uh, they because they have to simp so hard, and they really want these women. And the most important thing that I try to teach men is make sure you can under make sure you can identify if these women really want to be with you. Because a lot of these guys be getting used to hell up by women because they don't know how to identify if a woman really want to be with them. So they struggle in those areas. And so they, they give these sucker relationships and guys like Tommy got to, you know, the women meet Tommy and they go, but Tommy, you're not going to let me push you over and walk all over you like my other dude do. He like, I'm from Oakland. And he dropped the mic and they like, damn, for real. So long story short, uh yeah, no. Yeah. So I think, man, I think I think men are to blame. So when I, man, it's about managing expectations, you know, and I think that's you know a father's role. You know what I mean? So I asked remember I asked the question, and I know this is a hard one, so y'all forgive me, but 
How many men tell their daughters that they're not nice looking? None. <laughs> None. I, I haven't seen it. But, no, no. I, I, hold on, hold on. But I think I might have seen it once. Men, men I teach might those, have seen it once. Yeah, men teach those daughters differently, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know if your daughter ain't a looker. You know your daughter ain't finna be nobody's baddie. But look, look, so look, you teach look. her different I'm a, I'm a lessons. And you teach her different lessons. I don't have any kids, but I've seen men teach their daughters different lessons than a guy with a with a cute little girl would, would, would teach her. I mean, it's 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 but wild like that. But it's a it's I a mean, slippery slope, though, bro. Like especially when you're dealing with girls, because like with my daughter, like um, she's just getting to the age where like she's starting to reach insecurities and. Bro, the insecurities they have is so ridiculous. Like, I, like she, her shoulders. She thinks her shoulders are broad. I'm like, dog, you ten. Like, what the fuck? You know, she thinks uh, she she wants me to take her to the doctor so they can uh, let her know how tall she's going to be because she's worried about being too tall because guys don't like super tall women. So, you saying that logically? make sense that you should be able to you know kind of tell your daughter like hey you know but it's not that easy bro like when you got a daughter that look decent and she going through you know um insecurity issues your daughter if she don't look good she already knows because the market as kevin Sanders would say is going to tell her that she don't look good it's going to be a certain type of attention that she ain't going to be getting so that's going to tell her off the rip and then for you to come back and then reassure her that she didn't like, bro, that's a, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't Man, know about I, that. I think, I think uh, you know, PJ said it too, bro. Like, it's a slippery slope to have that conversation. Yeah. Because yeah. the question also is, you know, you as a father, I would think, I only have a son. I don't have a daughter. Mm. But when I think about his confidence and his ability to do certain things, um, you want to instill a certain amount of, uh, you know, confidence in them. 100%. Right? To not allow people to treat them any kind of way. 100%. So what is the line as it relates to confidence, right, as a parent when you're instilling certain things? And I think, Aaron, you remember this question I had the other day. How much do you – how do you know how much to pour in that glass as far as confidence is concerned? Because there's a fine line between instilling confidence in your children and then them being overly confident and delusional in their abilities. You, oh. you, do you see what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> so when we have give me one, so when so when we have these conversations, it's it's, it's two sides to it because mm-hmm. obviously as a man you have a daughter. You don't want your, your daughter to have low self esteem. So that's why I say when I ask the question, give me a little bit of grace because I want to explore this topic. If if you want to instill self-esteem in your daughter, where is the line before as it relates to confidence and delusion? I will take too much confidence over no confidence any and every day. Because the issues that you come up with no confidence is far worse than the issues you're going to come up with being overconfident. I mean, just like what you just said, like imagine you reassuring that your daughter uh, reassuring to your daughter that she's not a looker. Um, I don't even think people, like, even with saying that, I don't think you really grasp 
what that's going to do and how she's going to let men handle her because she's come to that conclusion that, I mean, if you tell her that, you damn near tell her she, I ain't going to say worthless, but I mean, damn near. Like, I mean, it, it, you almost tell her to be good with whatever you can get almost if you, you know, that's why I say it's a slippery slope because it's like, you don't want your daughter being, say, like a four and walking around thinking she's a 10. But I'd rather her that than walking around feeling like she's a zero because I've seen the consequences of a girl that feels like she's a zero. Right. And it's bad, bro. It's so look, bad. Hey, thank y'all yeah, for think- tuning in this morning. If y'all could subscribe too, but hit that like button. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. What's up, Corey? What you got? I was, I was just thinking about it in the process and everything that was being said. And I feel as a father with daughters, you know, your job is to protect them, right? Your job is to help boost that level of confidence because you're going to be one of the first ones where this confidence building happens. And so it's kind of weird to me, though, if a father says you're not a looker. That's just kind of weird to me. Like, how are you looking at your daughter, G? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's a sense of confidence that you have to help instill and build in your daughters. Um, but at the same time, I think there needs to be some hard truth there as well. And there's a way you go about doing that. Instead of saying you're not a looker, give her some things she can do to try to help better her look. You know what I'm saying? Overall, fix up some things that is in her control. Now, how she looks genetically, right? How she's born, she may not have the features that, you know, some of these women pay for to get or whatever. But at the same time, it's just like you don't want to crush her self-esteem because at that age, they're so impressionable, right? So you want to build them up as much as possible while still being honest and, and and giving her some tools to help adjust the overall look. But I think it's weird as hell to say you're not a looker and you're telling your daughter that. That's kind of like, I don't know, bro. That's something wrong with that in my opinion. But I think there are some things that, that can be done without damaging their self-esteem. You just got to be strategic in how you go about doing it. I think, uh, I think we have to... I think one of the problems that we have, one of the problems that we have is that as it relates to women, we perpetuate this worth in your beauty thing, right? It's kind of, it's very surface. So it's, it creates a shaky level of confidence. If your confidence in something on the exterior, then you don't have it internally. You see what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times we put a lot of importance on things that, let's be honest, it does matter. But I think it's uh, it's up to us as men to set the standard as to how much it matters. You, you see what I'm saying? And having that conversation with with little girls. What you what you think, Corey? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I just feel like you know. I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Like, how would I how would I address these situations? You know, having daughters. Like, how would I address the situation? How would I go about you know instilling these? Because I don't want any confidence to be based on lies. I think you got to go deeper than that but a lot of women are taught confidence just based on their appearance that's where a lot of them most most of it start like tommy b said his daughter talk about her shoulders right they don't care about the internal confidence they looking at the physical like how are people going to view me how are people going to see me and so i I believe it's our job as parents to begin to cultivate some of these things and give them a healthy dose of both like here's the truth this is what you can do but this is who you are as an individual and start positively narrating some of these things that they got going on besides just their appearance, right? Because at the end of the day, that stuff is going to wear out again, unless you continue to buy your body parts. But after a while, it's going to wear out. 
and they got to have something else to hold on to besides their looks. So I think speaking to their looks, speaking to what they do well, and then also tell them like, you know, your shit stink when it, when it's time to tell them that. Like you you ain't you don't you ain't what you think you are. Like the real world gonna show you. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's apparent. I think it's really hard to draw that line, but it's up to us to make that line. Like we got to create that line. I don't think there's a universal line for everybody. We gotta we gotta create what it is that works for our household. So that's and that's what I'll stamp and leave it at that. Mandrea, did you want to add anything, bro? You kind of Cadillacing, right? What's up? What's on your mind, man? You thinking? Yeah, and plus I don't have any children, so no, I'm that's not cool. I'm just much to say on this no, topic, what's your you know opinion what though? I mean, I think everybody has an opinion, but it doesn't mean none of us are right yeah. or wrong. You know what I mean? What do you think? What's yeah. your opinion? Well, my opinion is, I mean. I'd rather build up as much confidence in my kid as I can and get them in athletics or something where there's competition and let them lose. You know what I'm saying? And the world's going to humble them down. And then once they lost, I'll explain to them, this is why you lost. This is why you work so hard. This is why I push you so hard. This is why we train. Yada, yada, yada. Understand this shit ain't going to come for free. You have to work at it. You're good, but you're not that good. You know what I'm saying? You could be better. Things, small little lessons like that will bring down, it would change change it from being arrogant to just confident and sure of themselves. It worked for me. I was a cocky little shit growing up. I was good at everything when it came to, it came to athletics. You know what I'm saying? But one day, it didn't go so well. I'm sitting there wondering what the hell happened. You know what I mean? And my dad had a talk with me. Done. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take much to bring you down. You just don't want them. You want them to fall, but you don't want them to crash. Because you don't want to overdo it with um, humbling them down. Much like uh, both Corey and Tommy said. You know what I'm saying? Tommy, I agree. I'd rather them be overconfident than have no confidence. That's the sad state of affairs when they have no confidence. With Corey... Is a slippery slope, so you have to watch how you approach it, especially with girls. You know what I mean? So um, find some commonality. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you teach them the right things. You got to be basically got to be involved in your kids' lives. Number one, number two, teaching them the right lessons. Because you got some parents that are involved in these kids' lives, and judging by what I see on YouTube, it wasn't taught the right stuff. Yeah, I think um, I think fathers have to really give their daughters some game, like real mm-hmm. game, not that fairy tale Disney World, you know, or whatever it is, Pixar and all that stuff, like the real game, you know, and to explain, just like, you know, our fathers explained to us what certain things were coming up in certain situations. They gave us, you know, the information that we needed to navigate certain situations. And I think, you know, fathers, some of the time, I, I'm, I can't say all the time, we avoid having these conversations with our children when that's the main thing that's going to keep them on a straight and narrow and be able to better understand certain things because they're understanding the world. They're looking at the world with a childlike perspective. You see what I'm saying? So attention and all that kind of stuff, they don't understand whether that is of value or is it not of value. And it's on the parents to instill that thought process. You're actually programming your children to interact with the world in a healthy way. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that, and when I ask that question, and y'all give me some grace, I'm just, the reason I ask that question is because I want to dig into, 
you know, what are we telling our children as it relates to these surface things and how much value are we instilling in them as it relates to surface things? You see what I'm saying? But, but I think like, so. Oh, go, go ahead, Corey. Yeah, go ahead, Corey. What's up, bro? No, I was going to say, I think a lot of, because we're speaking from like a perfect situation, perfect scenario, a lot of these homes are broken to begin with. So they're getting one perspective. They're getting one bias, and that's from the mother most of the times, right? It depends on how the mother carries herself. Because I've seen single mothers who carry themselves like they're the baddest they never walked the face of the earth. You know what I'm saying? And that's what their daughters see. So their daughters, like, indirectly get this same narrative, right? Like, I think my mom is this, so I'm a, you know, and so they adopt these same things. And I don't think there's a healthy balance because one of the parents is missing, you know what I'm saying, to actually give that other perspective. And so I think they start out oftentimes um, in a negative because a, a component of that narrative is missing. And so I feel like as a father, if you are involved in your children's life as a father, and you, especially if you have daughters, man, there's a certain type of way you have to address them. You can't address and speak to your daughters the same way you do to your sons because the first thing they'll say is this nigga soft or he a simp or he whatever, won't, won't. So you got to be a little bit more harsh and tougher with your boys. And I hate to say that, but that's just the reality of the society we live in. With your daughters, though, you got you to gotta be a little bit more sensitive. You got to, like I said, not lie, but there are certain ways you got to, um, I guess, address it and actually word these things. And then hopefully they have enough aptitude and things to like pick up on what you're saying. And make those necessary adjustments because I don't think it's going to always play out the way we're, we're talking about it is. So this this is an interesting one, bro. Do y'all think that? I mean, what one panda wonder said, you know, many mothers compete with their daughters. Do y'all think that's a fact? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, me, absolutely. absolutely. It's yeah. insecure mothers who don't have nothing going for themselves absolutely. but to compete. That's it. Yeah, let me um let me touch on uh, what we talk about immediately. Uh, I, I think this is a very tricky question right and so i want to break it down because thinking man really he really want to break it down i think the younger your child is from like ages zero to about i shouldn't say age zero uh basically until they up about maybe 19 years old you should uh finesse the conversation right you do not need to be so blunt with someone at that age right but the the key thing is you want to build the confidence but what you want to do is make sure you put them in a in a, a state of mind to where you're the person that they're connected to that they feel most comfortable with right because you need to help them through the transition period i don't care what you say to your kid all the way up to they 19 years old oh you're the most beautiful da, 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 whatever you they dead you're gonna see them in the best light you you can see them right but at the same time as they get older and they go through that transformation when they body transforming and things like that because you already have the bomb built and things like that, it's your skills and ability to communicate which will help her navigate through this experience. If she's not the most attractive looking, what you can then say is, you know, because uh, you, you're a fisherman, right? You teach your daughter to, to fish. And at the end of the day, if she's not the finest, uh, every woman that, that's fine don't always win. You can always show that. Look at all these models and they think that they're going to get away in this world with they with they looks. I'm not going to teach you that. Sure, you're gonna be able to find a guy that finds you attractive. It's how you have the conversation. We're gonna you know, find a guy to find attractive, but I'm gonna show you how to make sure that a guy likes you for more than your looks. See, you don't lie, but you have a deeper conversation. We gonna don't forget, don't worry about all that models and stuff. I don't want you to try to uh, make the world see you this type of way. That's not the most important thing. 
We're going to, you know, you're going to find somebody that finds you attractive, but we're going to focus on the things that make you more important than just how you look, because this is what's going to help you keep a man, keep a relationship. And you build on those principles going forward. But it's a transition period up until like zero, nine or 10. And I don't have the exact frame. We're just talking. Right. Uh, you finesse the conversation. You don't just be like, oh, she's not a good looking five year old because you don't know they're going to transform. Yeah. So you're not lying. So yeah. you're not lying yeah. at that point. You know what I'm saying? You just going through the motion you heard dead. But you're going to get to a point where you see she's what, 12, 14, whatever the transformation is happening. You like, OK, she's not really she's not really looking like a you know what I mean? What the world going to receive her as. But at the same time, I know for a fact there's going to be a man that's going to have some interest. Right. And so I don't want her to focus on beauty so much. It's not to say she's not. a trip. We don't want to focus on that. Give her those other skills that dads give her, like the insight, other things that men value and she'll learn to to have those things, and then that will help her out. I, I think that's probably the best way I would go about it. I think, and it's not to exclude you guys that don't have daughters, but I think you kind of got to have to be in that situation to really kind of, because like, bro, when she came to me with that, that shit touched me in a whole different way. And that's why I laugh at a lot of these cats that get on these panels and they, oh, you do this with your daughter, you do this with your daughter. You let your little beautiful 10-year-old daughter come up to her and start tripping about something stupid like shoulders. Like, that shit touched you in a completely different way. Like, wait, what? This what you tripping off of? Especially when you know, like, there's kids out there that got real issues. You know, pimples all over their face. And you're talking about something, shoulders? So it, 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 it's one of those things where, like, you got to be in that moment to even know how to even handle that shit, bro. Because, like, when she came to me with that one, that wasn't some shit that I was just prepared for. Oh, let me, let me go to my handy handbook and figure out how to handle this conversation. Like, that was shit. I had to take her on a car ride, and we had to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's not as simple as, oh, you should tell your... Because let's just keep it funky. Most people just naturally ain't going to look at this kid as ugly, even if they just terrible looking. You just naturally, you're not, in through your eyes, you're not going to see it that way. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just generally how it goes. It's not too many people, I mean, unless you just, like, I've met some people with a pretty good sense of humor, and they'll be, oh, yeah, I know my, but for the most part, overall, especially because your kid tends to look like you, a mix of you and their mother, or more you or more their mother, unless you, you know, if they look like like, like their mother, unless you got issues with their mother, nine times out of ten, you ain't going to say, you know, she looked messed up because she looked like a mother. And if she looked like you, if you got any kind of confidence, you ain't going to think, you know, she looked told because she looked like you. So a lot of the times you just ain't going to naturally think that your kid looked messed up. But I see and, people and, uh, saying that they shouldn't get their confidence from their beauty. But then I'm like, but we're also putting out a message that you going to college and shit don't mean shit to us. So like my daughter's on honor roll. Should I salute that? And then she comes into a world where gonna say the end where, where dudes is telling her, oh, we don't care about that. You know, yeah, which, I, which which I've happened. actually spoken on because I think that's a huge falsehood anyway for most men. I think I think Kevin Samuels put that out. Bro, most of America is making fifty thousand a year. You need no, no, somebody no, else to help. We don't care what you make. No, if you make a certain amount of money, you don't care what she make. If you make it forty four thousand, right. you absolutely care what she makes. Right. But no, 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 it, no, 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 no. taking on the moniker of we just don't care what you make. 
No, no. I mean, I, I think I kind of covered it um, recently. We actually kind of talked about it because I, I make ten thousand dollars a year, right? So um, every woman is beautiful to me at that point. So <laughs> I, I think, the, well, I, I think the most important thing is, is to distinguish that. I'm not saying that women's money don't matter uh, in totality. It, it, it's in the sense of the way a man's money matters does not matter the same meaning. Yeah, you, yeah, we, we you can't buy us. We buy you. And that's an uncomfortable statement to make for a lot of people. But we do the bond. Y'all enamored by a man making money because what we going to do with the money that we got to make, y'all not going to do the same thing. So it's not the same type of influence. That's a better way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. But of course, it's YouTube. that So they're going to knock it down. Yeah. It's yeah. more like your money don't make you more sexually attracted to me. But well, somehow you sexually go, he ain't that bad looking. Like So it, it's literally just... Uh, you see my new back run back to the homeboys and go, dog. She make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's cool. It, it's just more if she's not attractive though. It don't even. It, it it's hard to really get past it. Although we know some yeah. homies in the they knocking down some dumpsters and you know they yeah, got yeah, live. Yeah. You know, but, in those but, but, situations. This is another thing too, and we could just keep it funky. When you get older, you understand this. Most people are going to be dealing with average looking women, if at best. Like, when you look at a lot of these cats' wives and, you know, if people take offense, it is what it is. Most of y'all niggas ain't walking around with seven, eights, and nines. It is just keep it funky. And I'm not knocking it is what it is. Is she holding you down y'all relationship? It is what it is. But I think with this YouTube and stuff, like, people are acting like the only people that are going to get chosen is if you're like this, you know, eight, nine, or whatever. And, and before that, you just better do whatever you can to get a dude. And it's like... Nah, most of the people that's getting picked up is probably in that four, five, six range, to be honest with you. Because that's where most people are gonna fit anyway. That's that's your average. Yeah, I mean the talking point is is YouTube, bro. Like we we get an understanding about it. And the problem is we don't have the deep dive conversations a lot of times. So it's just a blanketed phrase that come out of people's mouth. I'm just, I'm just saying like, yes, when your daughters, they doing their thing in school, you're their dad. You're not next necessarily a pursuant, right? So you're not necessarily going to downplay their, their uh, accolades and accomplishments because there is value in it, especially to you as a father, right? But we both know even you as an individual, Unless you unless you rocking with a scientist that 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 study rocket science or some crap like that, or you got a doctor or something like that, we not really looking at your education to be like, yeah, yo, I got a doctor, she's so damn smart. What we really be like, bro, she's she's hot, she, you know, she's smart, but we don't mean smart like that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's just it's just how we deliver it because we we're men and we kind of blunt with it. Yeah, we, we, yeah, it's cool that you got a dope education, but if that make you think you're smarter than me. If they make you think, you know what I mean? It's just things like that that men are trying to accommodate for. Like, don't, nobody give a damn about your college degree. Don't mean nothing. Yeah. I know people with for, for a master's degree that's dumb as a doorknob. So it, it just be those conflictions. Let, let me jump just, in right they're, they're trying to say um, that. What, what men trying to why say? Why I said that I was talking bad on Kevin Sims. I did not talk bad on Kevin. What I said was regular men are taking his points that are meant for high-value men and using it as that relates to their life. I, I never even said nothing bad about Kevin Sims. I don't know how he took that or See, he or she. No, I'm not no, sure. That, that, but, that's what I'm talking about. People don't even comprehend what they're hearing. Tom. Yeah, I'm like. It just happened no, to you. It, 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 it wasn't the message. The it's the people that are interpreting the message thinking that it's for them and it's not. If, you, if you're if making 40000 a year, 
Kevin Sims, a lot of Kevin Sims' message wasn't for you. He was advocating for you because he was advocating for women to, you know, mess with average guys. But a lot of his message, he was explaining to women how high-value men operate, not how average men operate. And a lot yeah, of yeah. average men were taking those points as if that applied to them, applied to and them. it didn't. I agree with that. I don't want to necessarily get off on a tangent on, on, on um Kevin. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but men do typically – this is a tough – when, when it comes to money, men don't necessarily want money tied to their value, right? Yeah. Most of us understand that it actually is for whatever the fact is, right? But they don't want to hear just because I ain't making $150,000, $200,000 years, I'm not high value. I got all the other principles. So th they going to tie that message to themselves sometimes. But at times, the message is just in general about men. And then at times, for the most part, he's speaking about what how, like you said, how they operate, but how men think are relatively the same so that like those are the distinction you you've always said that you ain't i never heard you talk down on you just said he not talking about y'all bro like y'all y'all taking out of context which which is true uh but you know that's that's typically how people work they find the things in a, in a conversation and they take the things that benefit them and they dis they, they discard everything else that that does not about uh, you know make them look better so that that's just kind of what happens with those conversations uh but to get back on um Thinking Man's original question, because, you know, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a smart black man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yes, it's men's fault. Yeah, we, clearly, after this conversation, they're not about to tell their daughters they're ugly. It's men's fault. It's definitely men's fault. we filling their goddamn heads up. Now, no, no it, is, it is the men's fault. Bro. Let me ask you this, yes. because I think it starts in elementary school. I think it's just a society thing, because what do we do in elementary school when our kids go to school Valentine's Day? We make the boys bring the candy, correct? That that's how this starts. Mm. Elementary school Valentine's Day, you find a girl that you like or whatever, and you come bring her some candy. That's how this starts. You just took so I don't know if that's a man or woman thing. I think that's just society. Like that's just how it's set up. Like we, from a very early age, are taught to cater to women, and you know when you cater some to somebody, it's a chance for them to get spoiled. And I think that's kind of the after effect of, you know, catering to them is. You know, some of them get spoiled or whatever, and, and, and you deal with some of the issues that a lot of guys are talking about. But if you go back to elementary, when you look at um, when you look at how we teach our boys to treat the girls on, and I can just say Valentine's Day because, I mean, you don't generally, you know, on a Wednesday be like, oh, bring some candy to the girl. But if you generally look at how they operate around Valentine's Day, you have the boys come bring the girls candy. I think that's where it starts. Yeah, you just took another one of my points. I was going to say this, a social thing. Yeah. yeah seriously, it's definitely society. Like, as I use myself as a reference, like, and, and other guys, you know, you know, you're taught to be a gentleman to women, right? And then, you know, you ask, well, as a kid, you ask, well, what do gentlemen do? I mean, of course, they tell you, you know, you buy flowers and candy for Valentine's Day. Like you said, get them a Christmas gift. Get them a birthday gift. You take them out, you open the door for a woman, stuff like that, right? Open doors, you know what I'm saying, for, for a woman, things like bring her flowers every now and again, stuff like that. You fast forward to today, you got guys call that simp behavior when being a gentleman is kind of a lost art nowadays. I I don't understand this whole thing with this whole simp shit. Like, I like I taking care of my woman if I'm with her. Man, we got really somebody, go you know what I'm saying? If, if you're with somebody, how, why is she supposed to take... Why is she supposed is, to stay with you if you're not taking is, care of her? 
it's just an overly used word, bro. It's yeah, just overly I, used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a social thing. Everywhere you go, everything's marketed towards women anyway. You know what I'm saying? Holidays well, that's because they consumer, women. bro. They, they right, the but I know, right, but at the same time, a lot of little boys, if they're, and I'm doing air quotes here, raised right, you're taught to be a gentleman, you're taught to be nice to women. You know what I'm saying? You know, all this stuff for women and jack shit for you. you you're taught to work. Yeah. All of that, even taking care of your woman, that's work. Taking care of your family, your kids, that's work. So look. Putting the grass, washing the cars, all that stuff, and you're doing, doing, doing. You know what I'm saying? But you're not really getting anything in return, to be honest. You're not taught to. So this is an interesting question. If if people are pushing that your money is the only thing that matters as a man, then when women look at you, how what are they supposed to look for? Uh, uh, but hold on, look, look, we're gonna we gonna get to that. If y'all can mute up, man, I wanna we're gonna pivot a little bit. All right. Mute up for me. Exactly the case. I had a, one of my clients who ran this men's group, which was quite interesting. One of the things they had the initiates do, which was very intelligent, was to go out and ask 50 women in one day for their phone numbers. Why? Politely, properly, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was a game, but it wasn't a stupid game. And the idea was, get over your fear of rejection. And how do you do that? By encountering it continually and continually and continually, so that you're no longer paralyzed by this. So look, the question is, can men handle rejection? The question is, can men handle rejection? What do you think, Man, I don't think nobody can handle rejection. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's based on all experiences. Everybody's going to handle rejection differently. I think everybody's meant to handle whatever they can handle. And I'll say this, things don't get easier. We just get better at doing harder things. And, and that's that's a real belief system of mine. Like things don't get easier. We just get better at doing harder things. And so I don't think nobody truly knows how to handle rejection because there's no booklet. There's no nothing for it. It's just your experiences and what you do now unresolved rejection rejection can you know have you spiral out and do a lot of crazy things because at, at some point in your life you want to be accepted you want to be embraced nobody wants to keep going through their life getting rejected day in and day out and i know as men we're rejected a lot of times whether it be by employers women fathers whatever the case may be we have a lot of stuff that we are dealing with when it comes to rejection and so can men handle rejection i think it goes back to this nobody can handle rejection I just feel like we just learn how to push through it, but we never probably learn how to deal with it. Can, can we can we break that down a little bit as far as the handle rejection part? Because in my mind, what I'm picturing, me, Corey, Tommy, Mandrill, Ken, we walking down the street, we're like, Corey, go get at her, go get at her. And you walk up and she shuts you down and you come back and you say, bro, she shut me down. She was not feeling your boy. And we laugh. I would take that as somebody that handled it well, right? As opposed, so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm struggling with trying to identify with handling rejection because accepting rejection uh, and internalizing may be a different statement. So I'm struggling a little bit with the handling part because I do think 
men handle rejection in general very well. I know there are some women in the chat that are stalkers and crazy as hell. They stalk me and stuff. Like, I'm joking. But as far as they'll say, I'm, okay, I'm not even joking. Some of them actually are stalkers. But in the sense of uh, men hurt women when they get rejected, they'll talk about this very low percentage of men that actually would do something to a woman because he got rejected. And, and, and they'll get hung up on it. But in in general experiences, men do not hurt women. It, it's insane that we have to keep defending these points. But uh, I just think that men handle rejection well for the most part. I think we laugh it off. Uh, but if we, as far as accepting it and internalizing, that might be a little different bit of a conversation. Uh, I think the biggest thing that my pops told me that let me handle rejection was the same way that a woman might not want you, there's going to be a woman out there that's going to want you that you ain't going to want. So the same way that you can tell that woman no, she can tell you no. And after he told me that, it was hard for me to get mad at anybody that rejected me. I'm like, you know, if this chick over here tried to holler at me, I'd be like, no. And so when I looked at it from that way, it's hard to even be mad at rejection because I got options just like she got options. And if she don't mess with me like that that's cool because it's a chick out there that want to holler at me that i'm cool on and so once i saw it like that it was hard for me to get mad at somebody for you know being like nah so um i i just think i think more and more um a lot of guys are are um and maybe it's because of the social media thing because like i said like we had to deal with that face to face it wasn't no, yo, what's your IG name? Or, nah, it was like you had to earn that phone number. Like you had to, you feel me, charm her enough to where she was going to give you, and not just the phone number, the real phone number. Because, you know, you get that other phone number that we all know about, you know, then you got to face that rejection. <laughs> but I think another thing that helped me out too is like my homeboys because we was so terrible to each other when we got rejected that if I'm solo and I get rejected, that's easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I got to go back to the homies and they like, ah, she didn't even pull her phone out. Ah, like, when you got to deal with that, when you by yourself and you holler at a chick and she like, nah, shit, just walk off, smell, all right, it's good. You feel me? So I I, I think it's like what Corey said. It's, it's on the individual and in, in, in your experiences. For me, I had a group of dudes around me that, you know, we got on each other if you got rejected. We made it into a joke. You know what I'm saying? And, and you was embarrassed, you know, even though we all joke with each other, you were still embarrassed because you still feel that, you know, I, I, I that's why I kind of laugh at some of the cats, you know, when I see them talk on you, because even to this day, like I'm pretty confident, but you still feel it, it's not as much as like when I was younger, but you still feel that little bit of butterflies when you go holler at somebody like because, you know, that possible rejection. That's why I don't like the situation like with you, Aaron, when you had to uh, shoot your shot, because. It's unnatural to me. You got 600 people watching you trying to holler at a chick. That ain't natural. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I go holler at a chick, it ain't, I don't have an audience of 600 people judging me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yep. it, it, it's. Hey, the real skill quick, practice. Real that. quick. Hey, security boss, we appreciate you for tuning in. Salute to security boss. Hey, uh, but we hey security boss. We're going to keep the conversation rolling. What you going to say, Aaron? No, I'm I'm just saying as far as the shoot your shot, honestly, the challenge is really just to see how comfortable you are talking to a woman. In your mind, you know that you're not actually going to go on a date or it's highly unlikely, right? So it, it's mm -hmm. just 
can you talk to a woman or do or or, or you just gonna get on here and act like you can talk to a woman like you ain't even got you ain't got to get her number how when you start stuttering uh, the, uh, the, uh then we like cap when you start doing all nah, these other things but but that's what i'm saying Eric, oh, yeah, it's hold not on a one second environment. Hey, candid, candid and salute we appreciate you for tuning in y'all go ahead we got a lot of people rocking up it's it's, it's no, no, not no, a natural no. environment is what i'm saying like if i go to a bar and i go holler at a chick everybody in the bar ain't staring at me you know what i'm saying but on this 600 people are staring at me so that could actually cause me to stutter or you know god forbid we all know if you take a peek at the comments that could like it's so much stuff that can throw you off in that environment it it, it again no, no, if no, you're no, on I, your I, I, own and you chopping it up with a chick it's nerve-wracking enough but then to be on a show with 600 people watching that's that that's a whole nother level i ain't saying it can't be done i'm just saying like you it's, no, it's just no, not no. a natural situation it, it, it is uncomfortable but the, the thing mm. is when men are on here talking about i i get chicks i'm not i got confidence mm. I, da, 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 da. the thing is this it, it can be challenged and here's the thing i don't claim i, I can get the most chicks i'm the most confident mm. things like that so if the situation happened then you're going to get the experience of somebody that don't claim that right but when you got somebody telling you y'all don't even get chicks uh y'all scared to talk to them da, 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 i ain't and then you like what we want to see this play out now i understand not mm. every that's very unnatural i mean mm. i don't do things it's not natural for me to be on youtube <laughs> you know what i'm exactly. saying so I, get what I get what you're saying I'm, I'm just saying in a sense of we know it's a stimulated situation like there's there's almost no reason for you to be so overly worried or insecure for a stimulation which is not actually real you're not actually you the odds of you really getting something out of it this is really low you know what i'm saying you like if they say shoot your shot at, at such and such y'all just gonna chop it up it's not like oh yeah you i actually got her number this happened it, it's not likely to happen but does your mind compute that or do you freeze up because naturally that's what you would do it, it it's a lot that go into it that that's what i'm saying so but i get your point it gotcha, definitely gotcha. ain't natural yeah, yeah. so what, what you think corey what's on your mind bro I, oh you know what my bad corey mandrill you just be kicking back mm -hmm. man what's up man? i know what's on your mind what to, you thinking about I'm trying to remember trying to remember the question <laughs> i was just listening to aaron uh <laughs> No, it's so time to go back. No, that's cool. So look, can men? I give you the question. Can men had a rejection? Gotcha. Can men had a rejection? Gotcha. Um, it depends, and largely when it comes to these conversations, that should be the answer to most of these questions. To if we being fair, it depends. If the if it's like people like myself and the guys on this panel who we face rejection early in life. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah, we can handle rejection. Just like uh, Professor Jordan Peterson said in the video you just showed, you know, go out there and experience. The more exposure you have to something, the more you're able to handle it. So if we experience rejection early and often, like we have, then yeah, we can handle it. Like fast forward to today, and for many years now, woman told me, you know, I was like, all right, I was in high school. High school, you know, okay, because I know I can just go and shoot my shot with some other chick. So, you check know what this out. Do you think that, you know, while we talked about women, but do you think there are men that are out here that feel entitled that don't handle rejection well, just like women? Absolutely. Look at the black pillars. 
Because, I mean, you know we, we, have, we have to kind of talk to the extremes of this. I don't think this is most men, but we've seen women, you know, in our younger days or even now when we're out and about, a dude will try to shoot at a woman. And by shoot, I mean, you know, get her phone number, holler, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if he if, if she rejects him, then you are here. F that B. You you ain't that bad. You ain't this. You ain't that. Yeah, see, All right, that's whatever. what I'm talking about. Then, and then I, hold yeah. on, but then we call it ranking. Then he'll start talking bad about her. Now you just you just pursued this woman. You just, just tried, tried to get her phone man, number, man. and now you're starting to you know berate her because she didn't choose you. We play on those cats. But, but right. I think, I think is, go ahead, Mandra. You got it. Yeah, that's like that. That's insecurity, and it's shame. Yeah, and it's how he responds to being ashamed. He feels ashamed by it, as opposed to understanding that's just one of the realities of life. The woman doesn't have to choose you. She has a right to say no. You know what I'm saying? You're not entitled to shit in life. You get what you earn. That's what it is. You know what I mean? That's the end-all, be-all in my opinion, of course. We get what we earn in life. No one's entitled to anything. If you to walk around thinking that, just show us how weak you are, and you know you're just not well trained. You know what I mean? Somebody failed you along somewhere along life, and then you started to fail yourself. That's what I think of guys like that. Like Thomas said, sucker shit. We used to laugh at those dudes. You know What's what I'm up? saying? Hey, y'all hit that uh, subscribe button, too. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's the Thinking Man's Podcast. We're going to keep the conversation uh, rolling. Corey, did you have I anything? St- I still laugh at him. Yeah. <laughs> I just think about, like, guys who grew up, you know, I think it depends on the caliber of the woman, too. You know, when you're young, you're a pretty boy, you're young, you get all these females, they're only looking at you for one thing, and that's how you look. But when you run into a real, a, a real woman that wants substance, and they see past how you look, you know what I'm saying? Then your ego is hurt when they tell you no. Because they can see deeper. They can see more than what it is that's on the exterior. They're looking at, are you emotionally going to be able to connect? What you got going for yourself? What is your vision? So if a woman don't see that you have that, and they can pick up on this stuff, man, a lot of times they can, I believe. I would want to believe that. Um, they're going to say no. Because you they they need more than a pretty face. You know what I'm saying? They need something that's going to have some substance, going to have some value. And so dudes that was never rejected because they was a pretty boy coming up, and then they meet a real woman, they reject them, they feel some type of way, their ego's hurt. I'm going to be honest. When I was coming up, I wasn't rejected often. Even as a, a grown-up man now, I'm not rejected. I, I'm not even asking for stuff. It comes, right? But it's the way I present myself. So I think if you present yourself in a way that shows that you got it together and you can actually back that up, women flock to success. They like success. And if you got good looks to go along with it, oh, it's a win-win for you. But these little boys out here, man, that just grew up their whole life, pretty boys, Little girls always told them yes. And that's who they need to be mad at. Be pissed off at the people that gas you up all this time and lied to you and told you that you were something that you really wasn't until you ran into the real. The real is going to expose who you really are and if you're really about that or not. And so instead of getting mad at the real, be pissed off at the ones that lied to you your whole life and said you're better than what you really was. But they can only see so far. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they necessarily was lying to them. I think at that time, like you said, when we're younger, looks as the currency so at that time they were what they saying they were like you said but the problem is when you get older because i'm like you like i what's weird is like when you get older 
because I'm kind of like you, like it kind of comes. So it's like you actually pull chicks more off of your substance than even your looks. Like when they know you got something going, I even tell people too, just even the way I father, I attract chicks. Like it's crazy. You know, it's like, oh, I love the way you, you know, your kids and da da da. Like, so it, I, I just want to say, I don't think they're necessarily lying to them. I just think at that age, that is what they were into. And then when you get older and you start adding substance, then that changes. And like you said, a lot of them don't adjust because they were relying on a look so long that, you know, you 35, yeah, you look good, but you're a bum. You know. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's another thing, too. This is another angle of it. So as it relates to, <laughs> Corey, you going to drop some bars, bro? <laughs> I, I, hey, hold on, hold on. I want to say, what's up? Hold on. Let me get, I got you. Hold on. Hold up, baby. H time. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> nah, man. I think, uh, I, I think it just depends. Like, we, we also have to kind of be balancing this, too, because I think women also have to be aware of the way that you reject somebody. Right? So, a lot of times we talk about rejection, right? We talk about can men handle rejection. So I think there's a certain amount of decorum that you have to have as it relates to, you know, any type of rejection. You know, people are very sensitive. You have to, you know, that's, that's a part of emotional intelligence as well. So the same way I talked about men approaching women and then they, you know, um, start ranking on them when they get rejected. The way that women, some, go about rejecting men is a problem as well. We've all seen that aspect of it as well. So a man might approach a woman respectfully, and then she react like, oh, nah, you ain't this enough. You ain't that enough. Start berating him, right? So the, my question is, in those situations, do women bring those type of reactions on themselves by the way that they reject people without decorum? I I look at that like the way that like somebody in the comments said, like there's guys out there shooting women for being rejected. I think, and then this is just from my personal experience, I don't think the majority of win, women handle those situations like that. I think the majority of the women try to be cool, calm, and collected because they know what the possible consequences might be. I think that's a minority of women that, you know, just be rude about it. And then that's just, and I could be wrong. I'm open to being wrong. I'm saying from my personal experience, I haven't had too many women that were just flat out, just rude as hell when they were rejecting. They just, you know, politely decline and you and you move on. Um, so even asking that question, to be honest with you, I think we'd be focused. It, it would be like a women's panel focusing on those guys that would shoot you if they rejected you. Like, I don't, I don't think a lot of women are out there just going, ah, I can't believe he tried to talk to me. Hell no. Who you think you like? I don't think it's a lot of women that are doing that. No, but I'm – oh, shit. Uh, what I'm but you're is, right, though. It, it is on them to do that because um, I was talking about that yesterday with Mandrell on, on uh, Sir Hill's thing. You have to realize the possible consequences of your actions from the next person. You know what I'm saying? It's like as men, that's how we walk around every day. We, 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 we carry ourselves in a way of knowing that if we – carry ourselves a certain way around other men there's possible consequences like they always talk about the dudes in that's locked up you won't never find a more polite place than that because they respect what that next man could do to them if they 
you know, if they if they come at them a certain way. It's the same thing I think with women is most of them understand I'm speaking to a man. Not only am I speaking to a man, I'm speaking to a man that I have I don't know. So I think most of them aren't going to just, you know, uh, be out of pocket like that. Um, not saying that it doesn't exist. I think it does. I just think it's a minority of women that are crazy enough to just tell some man she don't know, like embarrass him. Now, this is this is a real thing, though. Uh, as Rio said, it's scary to reject men and has been for my entire life. I've been kind and they, you know, call, and been called everything in a book. I, I think that it's an issue of people being able to accept rejection. But I also think that you ha- we have to focus as people on that, but we also have to focus on how we let people down. You know what I mean? It goes both ways. And I'm not saying, well, if you, you know, reject a man in a rude way, what do you expect? We can't say that. You got to carry yourself with respect no matter what. But there, we, we, we have to be accountable for our words and how we interact with people. You don't have to shoot them down and berate them and do all of that kind of stuff. Just say, you know, I'm not interested, you know, whatever like that. And as men, you have to be able to accept that she didn't choose you and move on. Because if you can't accept it, there's some, it's an issue of insecurity there when people the, are uh, unable to accept rejection. The, the, the first video you played was the man. I don't know if you want to play it again just to refresh people's mind. But uh, that, that woman uh, trying to talk to the guy, and he was like, this ain't the time for it, right? She didn't leave it alone because that that's very common, right? And so it, this is actually a multi-layered uh, conversation in the sense of, I think it depends on a lot of things. Let me use that depends. With WGU. I can- go ahead, go Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> WGU. I'm going to WGU soon. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I, I think I think when you in, when you in middle school, high school, those women are very, very mean. I, I think what we don't take into consideration that there's an age thing because we we talking about levels of rejection. Ugh, get away from me. That's not abnormal, right? As we get older and older, it transition, and then it's like, excuse me, no, I'm not interested. Thank you, leave me alone, right? You like, damn, let me let me try that again. Maybe she's just having a bad day, or maybe she used to guys bothering her. I'm different though. She might need to see that. I might not get this other opportunity. It's so many variables that are there, right? I, I would argue that maybe if it's one of us and we try and she's like, no, not interested, we let it go at the first sign of no, not interested, right? But I think a large majority of men be like, hold on, let me just make sure she might just be not in a good mood. You know what I mean? It wasn't. So it just depends on a lot of things. But I do think men hear, uh, you ugly. How? Uh, no, I would never. Like, we hear a lot of that stuff. As you get older, they don't tend to say that. They tend to do. I'm not interested. They be they're dismissive, right? I'm as far as women, and I'm not saying there's a perfect way because there's no script to turn a man down. So I'm not sitting here telling women, oh yeah, y'all 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 need to be nicer this and that because there's no honestly, a woman could have done everything right and it's still it ain't good enough. So it's not an easy answer. Uh, the only thing in my mind, if I'm a woman, I could say is, uh, excuse me, I don't want to uh, upset you or offend you in any way. I'm just not interested. And a lot of times women say, I shouldn't have to say all that. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, there's a, there, there's this thing where I shouldn't have to do these things. You should just understand. And it's a lot of stuff that's there that's hard to break down. But I do think it's almost impossible for a woman uh, to get in those situations because there's no blueprint. There's no uh, manual to how to perfectly turn down a man without consequence. I just think it depends on the man. I think these guys up here, 
Uh, I'm not interested. We like, all right, cool, bet. We out. We're not tripping like that. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of other guys, they might not take the first rejection as, oh, that's how she normally turns guys down. Let me let me pursue a little bit more. So everybody's angle can be different. That's why there's no actual way to definitively have a solution to this. I just do think that, yeah, women are mean as hell when you're younger, and they tend to not do it as much as they get older. But let's be clear. They definitely say, oh, you ugly. Oh, hell no. How dare you ask me? They say that stuff. That's not that's not made up, but it's usually in younger women. I, I think you know women what? women do this too, though. They'll, you know, be rude as well in a sense that we've seen women say, you know, you why? You don't want to talk to me? You must be, you know, part of the alpha, alphabet uh, community. Yeah, you know shame. what I mean? Right, and that's a that's an entitlement thing, and it's also an overinflated. Well, ego. I was gonna say it's a shot to the ego. It, it, it's not overinflated; it's a shot to the ego. Like, yeah. wait, you don't want me? It's a shot. But look, I'm gonna play this clip again. Y'all mute up. Aaron wanted the clip. You know, we're gonna play the clip. I think you're very attractive. Thank you. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you if you're single. I am single. You are single. Yes. Why is that? Yeah, why? Because uh, I'm just focusing on work right now. So you wouldn't have time to put a lady in your life? Uh, not the way I would want to. What's that way? What's the way you want to? Uh, I would want to be able to make her a priority. I don't think I can do that right now. So you're not scared of like missing out on the right girl? Let's say you meet me today and you think I'm the right girl. And you're not going to talk to me because... You don't have really a lot of time like to leave me, so you're not gonna talk to me at all. Well, if you're the right girl, but I treat you wrong because I don't necessarily have the time to devote to you that I wanted to, <laughs> then I don't think I would do either of us a good service. There you go. So I think uh, I think the way that she handled that situation. Because I look, bro, like she's she to me she's pretty. She's very pretty. I'm sure that normally when she approaches men, she doesn't receive a no. Right? In those situations. No, no, play the video again. I gotta see how pretty she was. I wasn't looking that hard. But play it again. Play it again. Play it again. <laughs> so look, hold on, let me finish my point. Hey, if y'all just uh tuning in, we appreciate y'all for checking us out. This is the Thinking Man's podcast. If y'all could subscribe, hit that like button. But what I, what I was saying, bro, like, as it relates to this, I think she handled that situation pretty well. Now, you can ask some clarifying questions when you receive a no. She was calm. She was chill. She just wanted to understand why she was being rejected. I don't, I honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you look at her temperament, she had no attitude in her tone. She wasn't like, yeah, well, why? Uh, you know that normal type of aggressive behavior. She didn't. She didn't have that. Normal type of aggressive behavior. I <laughs> gotcha. No, that's cool. No, I'm saying that normal type. I'm saying like the stereotypical is what I'm saying. Not normal, obviously. But when we talk about these extremes, that's what I'm talking about. Like the extreme that we're talking about, as far as women are concerned. Like when you get that type of woman, you already know what you're dealing with. She showed no signs of that, and she's a, in my opinion, a very pretty woman. But she was able to handle rejection pretty well. But but you know what though? I think she kept pushing and asking too many questions. Like, dog didn't owe her an explanation. 
If he says no, that's it, point blank, period, no. Because a lot of times women don't give me an explanation. And I'm not going to say women to generalize the whole thing, right? When I see girls that act like that, they're like, ah, nah. it's these little hood rat chicks that hang out with their girls who want a, want a bunch of attention. Let's just keep it funky, right? I don't see real women who hold themselves to a higher standard, great caliber of woman who got their head on their shoulders acting that way. You know what I'm saying? It's these ones that probably have a bunch of issues with their daddies and all these other issues just going on in their life where they feel like they have to respond to a man in that way because that rejection probably triggers something from her childhood. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. And sometimes these people respond these ways. They respond out of pain in a lot of instances. We don't know if in the past times where they like try to let a man down easy, you know, how he responded. So she felt like she got to have a guard up and be mean, rude, and nasty. I'm not making an excuse for her, but sometimes they feel like they got to be mean, rude, and nasty because the other way they tried didn't work and it got them put in a vulnerable place. So like if I ask masculine and like, no, I told you no, maybe they feel like it's a more protective method to keep themselves from being hurt, harmed, or whatever. Possible. I'm just shooting, right? I don't know. But we got to think about all the traumas that play a role in some of these things, what some of these both men and women experienced when it came to rejection, where the rejection started from, and if they still holding on to those things that they haven't resolved. Does it make it right? No. But we got to look at those things as well. Look, so shout out to Millie. She has her own show. You know what I mean? She, uh, I think, I don't know. I'm going to play the clip oh. again. Corey, did, did you take it like she was – being rude? Is that how you interpreted no, that? No, no, no. I took I she handled that very well based on not having a whole bunch of context of like past things and experiences. I feel like she handled that very well. I think that's an exemplary way to handle rejection, but I feel like she kept pushing when but my man Corey, didn't owe her an explanation. Let, let me tell you the difference though, is she's a woman. So even if she keeps pushing, there's not a situation where he's gonna feel like his safety is in danger. Whereas when a man keeps pushing, shit gets weird. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's like, okay, bro, I didn't told you no. In that situation, even though you're right that she kept pushing, there's not a situation where I can see where she'll put that man in a situation where he he doesn't feel um, comfortable. But if a woman tells you no and you keep pushing, eventually they're going to get uncomfortable. Like, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you? Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm gonna say it. I, I, you, you pulled it out of me, Tommy. It's your fault. I'm gonna say it. Man, women fire on men all the time. Take off, swing, bad. Like you. I get what hold you're on, saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Aaron. Are we speaking on the majority or the minority? Look, I, I'll say the majority. On regular, but I'm saying I don't think that's a heavy majority of women is just firing off on dudes. It does it happen? Absolutely. I'm not denying it, but I'm not walking around worried about a woman firing off on. I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say you you have a little bit of uh, uh, your own insight that's taken over because your, your lack of fear in women in general. Uh, I, so I, I think that's clout. Let, let me just say this. We, we know where we grew up at. We know where we come from. I was going to say, that. we come from where women fight. So we know most women in our yeah. family will put hands on the men in our family. Slap but them Aaron, I wouldn't I'm date them. <laughs> I, I know, but that's what I'm, I'm saying, though. Like sometimes, in a sense, like yeah, I'm never, I'm never worried about a woman putting my safety at danger. I get that, yeah. but let, let's be clear. We 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 have seen videos when a, no, a guy but Aaron, this is what I'm saying. The way that she kept on going, it wasn't in the type of way where you would even oh, feel no, like not it her. Was a, not, not, not no, her, no, no, that's what I'm saying with Corey. With with men, generally. 
after they get rejected, if they keep on going after that, it starts to get aggressive. Because, yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. like I said, most of us on this panel, once you say no, we out. For me, it's yeah. the ego thing. Like, I ain't about to go past that. Man, any of y'all ever, think, so look, Aaron says, uh, a random woman smacked me in front of the police for rejecting her. Have any of oh, y'all wow. had that experience, bro? Hell no. I mean, not in, obviously, obviously not in front of the police, but have y'all had that experience? Bro, as I'm relates to six four two change. Like, it's, I, I rarely have dudes that want to put hands on me. And it ain't because I'm this big scare. I'm just saying in general. Because of my size, I, I don't run in that to a lot. Tommy, Tommy, where we from, it ain't a lot of fighting. That stuff is over with. Um, so that that's why we're not really good. But I, I know what you mean. They're going to see it, and they're going to make a decision. Uh, they're yeah. going to make a decision ASAP. Yeah. But no, I'm just saying, no, Think all I'm saying is, there there is an aggression to women that we don't that we don't highlight as much because we don't have a mm. fear of them. There's an aggression to a lot of these women. They are, like we don't even talk about it, and they starting to act like men. I'm not, I'm not saying all of them, but the aggression levels of women have increased year after year. And then, as far as the entitlement, I'm with Corey. He was like, "Nah, like that's not what I'm on." And because she's a woman, Man. we gonna give the grace. Yeah, you know. But like, let me get. Can I get some follow up questions? Can I get my closure to why you just gonna reject me like this? And and it's like for a guy, we'd tell a guy, bro, she said no, leave it alone. We'd tell him immediately. We wouldn't be like, bro, keep on asking and find out why, why, why exactly. your face ain't on point, why, why you ain't rocking the Jays. Like we ain't gonna be like, bro, ask those questions. We are gonna be yeah. like, bro, get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for women, it's like it's like if she said it in a nice tone, and that's why guys snap at women. They can read that little undertone stuff and think you manipulative because they're. Their power is manipulation. They talk about men being manipulators. Their power lies in their ability to manipulate because they cannot physically manipulate the way we can. So that yeah. their power is in their words. How they how, let, let's just say, Tommy, can you get the can you get that ladder off uh, from the um the, the attic for me? Thank you. But you know what I'm saying? They'll lower their tone. They ain't gonna be like, Tommy, go get that ladder. You be like. Only my mama might talk to me like that. You see what I'm saying? So it's just a manipulation that's common amongst women. Don't let that low tone, nice to the. She was a little offended that he told her hell no, and we y'all know it. It's just she hid it well. So that that's what I'm just saying. I'm with Corey. No, no, but 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 Aaron, anybody hey, that quick. got confidence hey, is gonna be offended. To, uh, salute to Uncle Stu, man. We appreciate you for checking What's us out, Uncle Stu. What's up, Uncle Stu? That that uh, my problem is you saying that is if everybody like. If you get rejected, it's a blow to everybody's ego. Not just women, not just me. Every like, it's rejection, bro. So no, no, no. Yeah, everybody's right. gonna feel salty. The way that you present that afterwards is the problem. The way that she presented it afterwards wasn't a problem. She just kept talking, but she never got True. nasty or nothing. Our problem no. with these dudes ain't that they ego is bruised. It's how they act after they ego is bruised, where they want to cuss the chick out, clown her. That's the problem. True. But but then in, in that same breath, when thinking man says the shaming language come, oh you not into women? That's common. That ain't that no ain't absolutely like absolutely outlandish yeah. stuff. So it's not a yeah, physical. But... It's not a physical danger that we in, bro. We yeah. got to deal with the other th the other you know demeaning our you know our manhood and things like that. But that Aaron, more... you talking about a woman you don't even know? I could no, care less. You can say whatever you want. We're okay. not, we not speaking just for us, though, Tommy. You, got, you, you know what I'm saying? We're not just, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's the problem is a lot of these dudes need to understand. Like, when I wake up in the morning, you don't exist no more. You can call me what you want to. When I wake up in the morning, I don't even know where you located on this earth anymore. Like, I don't know you. 
Yeah. So anybody like that ever gonna have that much power over me to to even move me with words like like come on, huh? Yeah, but see, then we get an imbalanceness as far as men that like us that might be extremely absolutely yeah you know what i mean we do need men that have a balance to where they not so like dismissive the way we are you know what i'm saying like yeah what up tom it it, it, is it's different and it's because i like the world the way it is i like the ups and downs and the The nuances i I like how it exists and so that's what i'm saying some guys ain't gonna be able to respond it gonna it it might bother that you're gonna call me disrespect me like that it might offend them more than we we a laugh like how oh, you thought that was gonna hurt my feelings yeah, so yeah. i'm just saying i want to make room for all those all those guys who who are afraid to get on youtube and speak you know on mm-hmm. a, on a on a platform uh you know as far they don't as need that, to be on youtube they need to be in therapist office and figuring out them insecurities yeah hey real quick salute anton what's up big bro what's going on anton yeah, the chick, she 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 handled it. Uh, the rejection, she handled it pretty good, but she went on too long. I agree with that. Like that chick would have gotten on gotten on my nerves. Like I would have been annoyed. Why? Why do you keep t- listen? I just lady. I, no, 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 no. He said he well, didn't want to date her. He didn't say he wanted to talk it, to her. It, it was just uh, a conversation. I, I get. It. Think I'm sitting here with my partners, or I'm sitting here with whoever. We chilling, vibing, or whatnot. You approach me. Nah, focus on work right now. Okay? You know, jog on. Leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered with that. God damn, man. But look, hold on, Mandrill. So <laughs> conversation you, with her. Look, look. So, Mandrill. Why? Look, this why, was why the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, this is the question then. Mandrill, if that's, if that's your thought process, right? Mm hmm. Then how can you get mad at a woman for having that same energy if you approach her and she don't feel like mm-hmm. being bothered? I don't. So you don't think? Hold on. So you don't think there's a certain amount of decorum that you have to have? Yeah, you do. But I mean, if she kept going like that, I would have gotten annoyed. Is what I said. <laughs> if she kept going, she like she did in, in that video. She why not? Well, I'm focused on work and but not. So you don't have time in, in, in your life for a woman? Nah, you know, uh, not the way I want to. I want to spend more time with you and give you more time, make your priority. I don't I just don't have that time in my schedule right now. Okay, you know well, what I think the well, difference is, man. Oh, and see, after that next question, I oh, think, for fuck's sake. I think the Listen, difference man, is. I told you. <laughs> I just told you no. I think and the I told difference you is. Why. I think the difference is if he just flat out wasn't into her. I think I would agree with what you're saying. His thing wasn't. He wasn't into her. His thing was I'm just not in a situation where I want to be in a relationship right now. That's why I said, well, what's wrong with the conversation? We can still have a conversation. Now, if it was somebody I wasn't interested in, yeah, keep it moving. Uh, 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 the, uh, Ken, can you do me a favor? Can you put up uh, Sharon Bracey's, uh, uh, where he says, uh, they, he said, uh, not, not, he, yeah, hold on. He said, they not in the work environment. Let me see that damn message he put up. He said, uh, yeah, He's but still. he was in a social setting, right? Let me let, let me ask you, Sharon Bracey, because I'm tired of you. I'm I'm de- I'm tired of you, right? Listen, if a woman got on a short skirt and we could see her behind, that means that she a hold in, right? Because you basically saying if he was in a social setting where he just mind his business, reading his book, because Ken go to bars and read books. I know y'all don't know that, but he do, and he just chilling to himself. He ain't worried about no chick. Don't 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 make it seem like he gotta have a conversation because he in a social setting. You don't get to make that assumption for him. No, just because she in a whole outfit 
don't necessarily mean she a hoe. And we're not allowed to treat her as such, according to the standards and rules. So I want the same defense for my men. So therefore, she shouldn't have bothered that man. We mind his damn business, Sharon. And get out of my goddamn chat simping around here. I ain't going for it today. I will not stand for it. I won't do it. Man, y'all crazy, bro. Yeah, no, it's just, and listen, I wouldn't be rude to the woman. I just told you how I feel. I would feel annoyed. I would be annoyed by that. Look, I just told you no. I told you why. And I'm already preoccupied here in a, in a social setting with, you know, with my partners or with family, whomever I'm there with, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing more that's going to come out of this. So, so do you Full think stop. that... But look, so why why do you keep talking to me? But this is the thing: if a if a woman is annoying you or just a person, period, I don't necessarily think it's good practice to say Jesus fucking Christ. I Can't wouldn't you take it out. I wouldn't say that out loud. I wouldn't say that out loud. I wouldn't say that to her. I wouldn't say it to that. But to me, well, the, for but the, sake, the way that, that you're talking, it sounds like your energy. It sounds like your energy would be there, though. That that's what I, I just my my thing is just. Again, like it wasn't a situation where he was just like he wasn't annoyed by her talking to her. He mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily unattracted to her. He just had right. a reason why he wasn't dating right now. That's it. Right. So she, that's she, why she, I said she, she, I don't find a problem with just having a conversation. Like she it, it wasn't like she was desperate. Like if she was coming across as desperate, I would get that. But I think it was more of trying to figure out that frame of thinking because like i told you most women don't understand that ex- that explanation that he gave most women do don't not? understand just, it, it was because Mandrell, because most don't women don't no understand how expensive dating is yeah because that's expensive yes. so when a guy goes oh no i'm just more focused on work right now i don't really have time like that and she goes what do you mean he goes well because I can't do what I would want to do if I'm dating right now. They don't understand that because they don't have to go out and pay for these dates. So they don't know that I just spent three fifty on this date, and then next week you want to go out again, and that's gonna cost me another two fifty. And then the next week you want to go out again. That's enough. Like that shit add up. Yes, it so, does. So they don't, but they don't understand that because they not out here paying for it. So when dude goes. I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm I'm working, I'm getting my money. You got to, like, in their head, it's like, well, how is dating going to stop you from doing that? Well, if you want to sit at the crib and, and Netflix and chill while I try to get my bread in, that's cool. But you know that's going to start to be a problem. And that was my only problem with her is if he's explaining to you why he can't date, <clears throat> let's just say you convinced him to start dating you. Well, he literally explained to you what the problem would be while we're dating because I'm not in the mood to be spending money on yada, yada, yada. So that's going to be a problem. Look, so I don't think it's wrong to. So look, as Riel said, I don't even like when men ask me why not after the initial no, thank you. Please just live your life and move on. Right. Go away. I don't want 100%. this thing. Uh, no, I don't want this. Wait, listen, I told you no. Wait, no. I told you no, and I told you why. I do not want this thing sitting here yapping at me any longer. <laughs> I have no further business with you, lady. Hold on, but, but look, this is this is a question that I have related to that, right? Remove so, yourself uh-huh. from my presence. Yes, so, that part, Tommy. That one. That one so, right there. Look, though, how much social responsibility do we have? 
to inform people of what they may or may not have done to grab our attention so that they can be a a better person for the next person. Maybe not for me, but maybe for the next person. That's not my job. Okay. That's not my problem. Okay. Not my job. Because asking. you know what? You know what, Ken? You as a person is gonna figure that out by the way that people keep reacting to you. No. So you you're eventually gonna end up figuring that out. I don't think so. And it's gonna be on you to fix that. I don't well, think because so. if it, if you're coming across a certain way, if you're doing that to multiple people, you're gonna get a reaction. And sooner or later, and this is the problem is people don't like to look in the mirror. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to figure out I'm the common denominator. Yeah, but this is the thing that I'm saying though. How much time does it take? Before that person figures it out on their own. Depends you on the person. But look, I know. And that's what I'm saying. So the amount of self-awareness that you have. And you know what I mean? Like, so even but, when but, so but I'm going to compare it to this, right? So let's say, you know, you're selling a product, right? And the customer, the potential customer denies you. Obviously, the appropriate way to respond, you have to have, you know, decorum and professionalism. But it's okay to ask, you know, like, not trying to push the envelope on, you know, a relationship or any of that. I understand. I respect that, you know, I may not be an option for you or whatever like that, right? I respect that. Can, do you mind telling me why? Because how do you refine the product? I'm just looking at this from a business perspective. I told her why. He, t- he told her why. No, he, but, but listen to what I'm saying. If she didn't ask any probing questions, she wouldn't have been told why. I mean, he wouldn't have been told why. Or excuse me, she wouldn't have been told why. And that's fine. I'm fine with telling her why, her asking me why. But beyond that, what is left to talk about? Okay. I mean, you don't have conversations with random people sometimes? I do, but if I'm out and about, I'm out, I'm out with, some, with, some, with my peoples and, 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 and them. Bro, he I didn't don't seem busy. But he didn't seem busy. I'm he took the time saying. to tape the camera out, videotape. I don't know if she taped it or he taped it, but somebody took the time to videotape the whole thing. I don't, I don't necessarily think he was busy. Right. I think Maybe. it's probably Maybe. why he engaged in the conversation because if if I'm in that setting and I'm busy and I'm chopping up my folks and stuff, I'm going to probably be like, yo, let me holler at them. You feel me? I'm and not yes, going to. Yes, get out of my face. Like I said, you'd be annoyed if she kept sit, sitting there trying to ask you, trying to understand why yeah, but you told her eight times already. That. The fact that he didn't do that tells me that maybe he wasn't really busy like that, so he just took the time to chop it up with him. Like, uh, it's not uh, that many people, if they mid-conversation, going to just completely stop and just talk to somebody else. What's up, Jay I mean, Prince? let me know. I'm open hey, to being wrong. Let me know quick, if I'm wrong. Salute, Jay Prince. What's up, bro? Hopefully you're having a good day, man. No, I, I just yeah, think I, I think uh, when first, you in the first of all, he not ha- he not having a good day. Uh, we just destroyed his dreams all in Fight Club, by the way. He, he <laughs> had the one thing. Yeah, I, I know he had a channel. I just subscribed to his channel. Oh, Jay Prince. Yeah, yeah. it's in a, it's in the channel. Got a, he got a channel. Yeah, I, yeah, I just went on there. He got a channel. Oh, let me go ahead and subscribe to Jay Prince. But look though, so if you're in a social setting, I don't know, bro. If I'm chilling at the bar, and we, you know, I'm, I might be talking to one of my friends or something like that. If uh, if if we chilling, we having a good time, and a woman approaches me or something to that effect, like it's cool. We can, I can, I'll kick it with you for a minute. If you think about it, bro, that conversation was like sixty seconds. It's nothing to have a sixty second conversation as to 
you know, where I'm at in my life and why or whatever like right. that. It's cool. It's not really that serious, bro. It's not that intense. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Nah. It, listen, listen, oh. listen. No, no, listen, saying, listen, right? listen. No, 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 no. Look, look, I'm not letting you get away with that. All right. Listen, if, I, if you approach a woman, right, she tells you no. You ask why. And, you know, man, listen, Thomas says he doesn't see women going off like that. Women do. Far more than, I guess, no, Tommy realized. I'm not saying, I'm, no, but, I'm not saying that they no, don't. No, I'm, I'm just saying that they regular. Said, it, seems like more, it, it seems like more go off than you probably realize. That It's a thing. It really is a thing out here. It, it happens. Would you say it's the majority or would you so, say it's the minority? I don't, I, I got no data to qualify that, man. I don't know. I'm saying, if it, you talk it, to it, 10 chicks, do you think seven of them will react to you that way or more like four or three? Nah, I, I think, okay. the, I think a, hold on, hold on. You know what? A confident woman as oh, I shouldn't even say confident, a woman that's willing to walk up and to approach you. Yeah, I, I would sense they have a little bit of, yeah, a little bit, a little bit to them. I, I would yeah, surprise yeah, yeah. that more likely than not. So they are more likely to say, why oh you're not into like, I don't know bro I don't know man I, I don't want to do it yeah because the, 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 yeah, the and, and like I said I think it's the difference between a man doing that and a woman doing it right because now, again if a man we see to, talk to a woman to a woman stop. like that and kept asking questions that woman would be annoyed and, and shit would get weird no but not even just that though man drill again a lot of these dudes when they get to that point that we're talking about that's how it starts they give them a no. They're super polite and give them a no, and then they keep pushing the conversation. Just what I'm like saying is, did. hold on. But what I'm saying is, it's not dudes out here that if a woman pushes the conversation like that, all of a sudden going, oh, she might slap me in the back of my neck or something like. Like no, but there's women out here that if I tell you no, and pretty much sent you on your way, and you keep coming at me. Usually, with a lot of these guys, when they do that, they get more aggressive. They get louder. Like it, it like we've. I, I would say I've seen this before. I don't know if y'all seen, but I've seen this before. When it, when the, when a chick says no and he keeps pushing, it don't go the way she went. Wait, wait, wait. wasn't there a popular video? And y'all know if I seen it, then that means a lot of people mm. must have seen it. Of, of of girls like trying to like try to kiss a guy. He moved out the way and she slapped him. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I, see, no, I ain't see, see that it. one. I see, I, I see I, that I one. Yeah. Uh, uh, these women different now, bro. So I think, maybe, I, maybe I just live in a different world. I don't. I just. I don't walk around fearing <laughs> some random woman is going. I don't use that fear. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's not even a worry. Like it's 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 it would be. To be honest with you, and, and, and that's why I use the example earlier because somebody put it in the chat. It'd be the same way that I would think women walk around thinking that they, if they say no to some dude, I might get shot. Is there a possibility? Yeah, there's some crazy dudes out there that do that shit. But do I think on an everyday basis a woman and, and, walk no, around no, going, no. oh, if I reject the guy today, this might happen? Ah. Women don't walk around in fear. I'm, I'm going to just cancel that. They be lying. Like, they say what could happen, but women don't walk around in fear. Nah, bro. Because you in the back, and you know how they give it up out here, bro. They These niggas is uber aggressive. I understand that, but I'm, tell, I'm telling you now, there's no way a woman would go to the club at 3 a.m. if she's in fear. There's Women are not. Oh, yeah, walking. that's true, yeah. They know fear. They know that violence exists, but they're not, in, they're not walking in fear. They, no, I don't know. I think it's certain situations that they could put in that might trigger, like, okay, this might happen. I'm not saying in general, like, they're, like, moving like that. I'm saying, again, if if I'm in a situation 
once I tell this dude no, if he goes past that, now we're starting to get into this weird area with it. Because, again, say if it's one of us, more than likely, as soon as you say no, we're going to keep it pushing. But then you got this section of guys that they don't take that no. Yeah, but and the, that's the what I'm saying. So, go ahead. The women are saying they walk around in fear, and that's the no, no, yeah, 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 no. I've had that argument with my sister when we had the smiling conversation. Oh no, if you smell, they do it. I'm like, come on, dog. Like, yeah, stop. They're not walking around in fear. No, I agree with you on that one. But I'm saying in that situation where a guy hollers at him, and I handle it the way I'm supposed to. No, not being extra or nothing like that. Just no, I'm not interested. From my experience, when I see guys that push past that, shit gets weird. Now, I'm so, not going to say everyone, but. Well, look, we're going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to ask this okay. question real quick. Corey, I want you to tell me this answer, bro. So, CC is saying, do men even like when a woman approaches them? Do they look at her as being masculine? What you think? <laughs> no. Uh, only weirdos look at look at that, that as being masculine. Okay. Thank you, Madrill. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, right, right. Hold on, hold Andrew's on. right. I know, but Corey, what you think? We, we try, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How like, is it, I mean, like, Madrill, I'm, I'm up with this. Hold on, no, go ahead, go ahead, so I can do this. Go ahead. Uh, hey, go ahead, Corey. What you uh, what you think, bro? Nah, I don't. Personally, if it was me, I wouldn't see it as being masculine. I would definitely see it as a a form of like it's a confidence booster, right, to show that you still got it. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes had sometimes guys have these insecurities, like, damn, I wonder if I still got it. No woman showed me no. No attention or nothing like that. So when a woman walk up to you and show that they're, you know, intrigued by you or they find you handsome or whatever, you're like, all right, bet I still got it. So I don't think it has anything to do with being masculine. Now, I don't know what type of guy thinks like that. Maybe there are some guys who just feel like that should never be the case. I'm the one that's always doing the approaching. But I think at that point, it puts the ball in your court of whether or not you want to entertain it or not. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I definitely feel like it's a compliment and not like a masculine thing. From my perspective, what you uh, what you think, Mandrill? What you got, bro? What What are your thoughts? No, listen. Um, if you think that the woman approaching you is masculine, I got to question your sexuality. Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not listen, doing that. No, listen, listen. See, now you sound like. Hold on, but now you sound like the women that we were just talking about. No, 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 no. no. And they're right in this case. Oh. they're absolutely right. Okay, okay. Well, listen, right credit where credit is due, ladies. Credit where credit is due. Listen, I don't know what these dudes being taught out here these days, but if a woman approaches you, it's just like Corey said. That's gonna that's an injection directly into the veins of my ego. I'm that dude. I am him so much so that this woman, well, I didn't hear that you have to approach her. She came to me. You know what I'm saying? Why are men not looking at it like that? Oh no, no, that's masculine. That's masculine. That's masculine. Aaron, how do you do it? I don't get it. I hear this all the time, and it drives me up a wall. Everything a woman does is masculine. She says hello to you. She, it's masculine. She smiles at you. It's masculine. You two is, you two chicken shit to go up and talk to her, so she does you a favor and talks to you, your ungrateful ass. Oh, that's masculine. I can't talk to you. That's masculine. What? And you wonder why you're single. See, a lot of these dudes out here don't know how to talk to women. They don't know how to handle women. They don't know how to be human beings. Hey man, that, hey man, the chat saying you bougie, man. I'm bougie. What do you mean? <laughs> so be it. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Call me what you want. It is what it is. <laughs> but hey, look. I'm just saying that is not, ladies, it's not masculine. In fact, with all with what you had to pick up, pick from out here, it would be in your best interest to start shooting your shot a lot more. Okay, because I see it, and pickers are getting slim, fellas, y'all. But you know what, though, just just to add to what Mandrell is saying, I truly believe that women are now starting to spot guys that really have some substance, and women going to address a man as such, right? I, I think real women are starting to overlook these little boys, man, and they're like, if I go and approach you, there's something about you that I want. It doesn't necessarily have to be money or whatever. Maybe they, you know, y'all connected, y'all been talking, whatever, and they just, they want to go a little deeper, man. But this whole masculine thing, a woman approaching a man that makes it seem like is it masculine, I disagree with that. I just feel like you that dude, I feel like, I feel like you that dude, you know what I'm saying? You still got it. Women find you attractive. And, and dudes that say otherwise, they hating that you that dude and they not. That's what I feel. There you go. Thank you, Corey. We, we also exactly. have to. Exactly. They just mad because they ain't got it like that. We got to acknowledge that Mandrill said a special, special word earlier on. It depends. Yes. As, as she walk up, as what? she walk up on you with her pants sagging, do rag oh, on. Man. Oh, come on, man. You know what we're talking about. You know, like, like. What, I'm trying to get them drawers, G. You looking all good and stuff. Let me, let me get your number. Like, stop playing around. I've been after you for a minute now. Like, I, I think Corey going to put up his dukes and be like, oh, that's a woman. Put these dukes down. So it, it, it just depends on the type of interaction that happens. So for the most part, no, women are not masculine if they approach a man. But if your pants sagging, um, you got a do-rag on, you probably got like a, a, a red, blue. You masculine before you reach the man. Hanging, hanging out your back pocket and <laughs> stuff like that. And you say things like, hey, yo, hey, bro, hey, what up, what up? And you speak in a certain way. Yeah, that'll come across as masculine. But if you come across, but if you're a feminine woman, you're going to be a feminine woman no matter if you say, hi, my name is such and so. So it just depends. Um, uh, for, I, or at least why, why are you saying that? I don't know what that means. Or at least you're not about to trick me up. I'm on a thing, no, man. No, no he's saying, no, she's saying that's what the women do when they shoot and they shot. You got a girlfriend? Oh. <laughs> I, you can see a quotation. Ain't no way. That's so third grade. That's so third grade. You got a girlfriend? No <laughs> that got shot, so I never had We can realize. That's masculine. Like, like but, but, again. No, it is. She was masculine before she opened her mouth. We're doing right. uh, like that, that was way too deep you, on the no, other no, side. Hey, I, I, in that case, you gotta look at yourself because that chick that chick you got hit on by a stud and she thought she was a lipstick lesbian. So you gotta listen, that situation is different that you describing, Aaron. Like you but you know what I'm talking about. Listen, to clarify myself. To, to clarify myself in, with the chat, look, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Why are you worried oh, about the chat? You, 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 wait, you're hearing YouTube all the time. Guys always talking to women like they think they know what they're talking about. Telling a woman everything they do is masculine. She walks across the street. That's masculine. That's masculine. You're not supposed to talk to me like that. You're not supposed to walk like that. That's masculine. Everything a chick does is masculine. Stop the cap. Stop. Cut the nonsense, man. 
Hey, Corey, Corey, what you was going to say, bro? We're going to pivot a little bit. What's up, Corey? Yeah, I, I, I want to ask, or post, I want to pose this question. So I know some women feel like they will never shoot their shot because it's not something that they need to do. But I, I want to ask, would you be willing to pass up a potential good thing because of your ego? Are you, not, are you saying, I'm not going to ever address a man or approach a man? You know what I'm saying? Like, would you be willing to risk passing that up and wait for him? Because I look at it like this. Like, life doesn't give meaning to me. I give meaning to life, right? So if I wait for life to give me meaning, then I'm going to miss it. But if I create that opportunity and go after it, I never know what I can, you know, produce. So I'm, I want to ask the women, are you willing to give up a potential mate because your ego and your pride make you feel like I should never have to ask a man. They should always come to me. Or will you say, I'm going to drop this. If I see something I like, I'm going to go and shoot my shot in a respectful manner. Uh it's an answer, right? That's um, an answer. I just right think. There. I just think. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Heather, answer quick, okay? Hold on. Heather yeah. says, "My father taught me to let a man approach me." Right, but times have changed, uh, Heather. I was taught to always approach the woman. That's what I was taught. Okay, uh, my my parents taught my sister always let a man approach her. You know, but times have changed. You have super weak men these days. Super lame, super weak. I'm around rich dudes all the time. And like Thomas said, these dudes is lame. They still have woman troubles. They just it's just like you got lame dudes out here. So, ladies, it's gotten to that point where you're independent, you got your own money, and buy your own get by your own car and all this nonsense. You wanted everything a man got. Congratulations, you got it. Now get out there and go to work. Go shoot your shot. You can do everything a man can do, can't you? Now, now, I, I wasn't pushing to that degree. Now, what I was saying was, hey, hold on, like, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 security boss. <laughs> hey, I was just about to answer that, uh, Ken. Right, so look, so <laughs> she don't want my answer for that one. All right, so, <laughs> hold on, She's look, look. look. Hey, I'm about to destroy the community. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> Security, that's a great question. I, all I'm saying is, that's a like, good question, though. I know, I know, I know a, a lot of men we've been taught to be the aggressor, right? We're going to approach, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like, though, that's where the whole this dominant rejection piece come in because if men are always the ones that's approaching and being the aggressor, yeah. he his, his chances of being rejected is more, it's higher than any yeah. females. Because they're not, they they don't never they're never put in a position where they have to shoot a shot, which I think it's not it shouldn't be the case. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like if a woman sees something that she likes, go after that. Because not every dude is going to stop and pick up on these clues. Are you batting your eyes? Are you smiling or whatever? And approach you because some dudes don't know if you are approachable or not. Some dudes don't know if you want to be approached. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if you feel some type of way, and we got to break this old mentality. Of doing a way of doing things, our parents taught us what they knew. Things are changing, things are evolving. I'm not saying that women should just be like, "Yo, fool, come! I want to holler at you." I'm not saying that. But if you find a man attractive, are you willing to put yourself out there and say, "You know what? I'm gonna go after this." So look, maybe I'm gonna, a lot. Of, I'm gonna take go it a little bit further, bro. And we gonna we gotta pivot off of this one, bro. But so she gets you home, she she start taking your clothes off, and she pull out a condom. Then what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna rep- strap that thing on, and uh, that means she wants safe text, Ken. Thank you, Ken. What's wrong with hold this? I don't hold understand. On, hold on. Let me let me get what's y'all the some problem. Game, 
I'm gonna uh, give y'all look. I don't want to stay on this too long because we just look. What's the problem? I'm gonna give you some game, bro. Never take a condom from a woman. I'm gonna tell you that straight. Oh up. yeah, that, that, that's that. Oh, I just yeah, like Mandrill. You put it on already. We heard what you said. Yeah, you already <laughs> take <laughs> Mandrill taking the L already out the hey, gate. Listen, listen. I, look, I make I pick make no bones about it. I mean, she sounds like she's doing me a favor. It sounds like a good deal to me. I, I'm, I mean, gonna be offended. I'm gonna be offended because she didn't bring the extra smalls, so I'm gonna be offended. I, I don't okay, like yeah. they don't think about the, the little guys. They don't think. Well, about you only, well, Aaron, you only make six dollars an hour, so she got it. So Aaron, she got it. If I'm a good boy, Madrill, I'll get a fifty cent raise. I'm telling you, I'm I'm inflation. you need a cost of living adjustment. Fifty cent. <laughs> I, I think. Right, I think we're gonna address this question. We're gonna pivot. We don't want to get too far in this one. Uh, look. That's because you all uh, might put holes in them or something. So no, nah, it, it, it's, it's like the same thing with taking on, a drink me, from a stranger or taking a blood from a stranger. Hold on one second. Let me read the question. Azriel's asking, she says, what's the problem with a woman having condoms? Y'all go ahead. What's up? It's the same as taking a drink from a stranger. It's the same as taking a blunt from a stranger. If I didn't pour it, if I ain't roll it, I ain't touching it. And as far as with the condom, you don't know if she manipulated it. So it's it's best to have your own, is what he's saying. That's all I'm saying, ladies. I mean, I mean no harm in what I say, but that is that is the case. Air, air. Nobody lives with this shit, bro. If you get home, ain't nobody gonna go. Oh shit, you're the one with it. Oh, let me leave. Nah, it's getting right, busted down. Thank you, Tommy. Hold on, wait. Sometimes, what? Tommy. It's smart wait, wait, to bring wait. it's smart to have yours if you know you might end up in yeah. that situation. Oh, yeah. Hey Tommy, yeah. you gotta see it through, my boy. You gotta see it through. Hey, it's a must. It's my yeah. duty to please that. Hey, look, Ken, like I'm out. Once he pull it out, he like, yo, it was nice to know you. Yeah, you uh, you telling me you don't have any you're not gonna have yeah. any in your wallet or your pocket, no condoms. So, hey, man, he so, said it don't eat look, Bro, if you eat if you eat spaghetti on the first night, you a special kind of guy. Look, bro, y'all gonna, y'all gonna call it cap, but I, I'm chilling on six right now. I'm cool on all that shit. No, I ain't calling cap on it. No, I ain't calling cap on it either. I'm chilling. If I was 22, yeah, I'd have been like, you tripping. Wait, 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 look at Aaron's face, though. Look at Aaron's face. The whole conversation by throwing that out there. You knew you was gonna do that. You knew you was gonna do that. But first of all, I don't want to hear none of this. Well, you know, I'm single because I choose to. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Why you got all that femininity in your goddamn? <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, I'm just chilling, bro. But look, we're gonna we're gonna pivot a little bit. We're gonna pivot a little bit. So the question is, wait for it. It's coming. It's coming. Can men handle criticism? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the question is. Can men handle criticism? What do y'all think? What's up, Corey? Think, what you think? Hold on one second, Tommy B. We're gonna do it. What's up, Corey? What's on your mind? Men handle criticism. I think we have adapted, we adjusted to it. I like, I don't know if it never not hurts. You know, it depends on it depends on what the criticism is, though. If it's constructive criticism, I believe that we can handle it. But if it's just like you no good, you low down, you dirty, I don't need you for this and that. Now that that hurts, you know what I'm saying. I just I feel like it depends on the context in which it's laid out and how you're being criticized. Because I don't think criticism across the board is a negative thing. I feel like there's some healthy criticism, and if you're criticizing me for me to grow and be better, then I embrace that all day. But if you're criticizing me to tear me down and say I'm not worth anything, you don't need me, and all these other things, that's negative. 
then it's hard to handle that. So I think it's all situational and and and, and what's happening at that time where the criticism is being put out there. That's what that's what I would say. Tommy B, what you think, bro? Um, I think we're living in an age where accountability is an all time low. So I think amongst women women and men, it's it, it's very hard to criticize either one right now because no, it's very few people in today's uh, society that's just accountable for their own shit. You know, if, if you put a mirror up to a lot of these people, they don't want to look and they don't care to look, you know. And um, so uh, <clears throat> I'm going to keep it individual. I don't want to compare it uh, as far as like men and women. But I think um, I think men can take it. I think it just depends on what per like for me, I grew up with my pops. He was on my linear the whole time I was growing up. So perfect example, when I went to the military, it wasn't shit for me. When they got to screaming and yelling at me, I'm looking at them. But I also looked down the line and seen dudes out there crying and shit. As if they've never had that, you know, happen before. So um I, I think I think we're uh going further and further away from being able to take criticism because of the fact that we're getting further and further away from being accountable for our actions. Everybody's trying to come up with an excuse or pass the buck or et cetera, et cetera, and just instead of just accepting their own shit and dealing with it. What you think, Madrill? Okay. <clears throat> can men handle rejection or? No, no. Can what? men handle criticism is the question. Oh, sweet Jesus. Some of them. Like let's that that's that, that again that depends that's that's very nuanced and individualized okay uh, some men can handle criticism it depends on the type of man you know, what area he was born in all all kinds of things you got to take into consideration man because a rejection is one thing criticism is a whole nother that's a whole nother thing you know what I'm saying because the second you say anything you give someone constructive criticism even when they ask for it they get insulted. You know what I mean? So it depends. And like Tommy said, accountability is something that's not even in some people's vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they, someone could do the worst thing ever and then you hold them accountable for it. You're the, you're the one who's trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I think it goes across genders too. I mean, women were the ones who were really with the Christian, couldn't handle criticism um, because, you know, pretty much anything negative you say about a woman or their behavior, you know, you're the worst thing on earth. Now you got men out here doing it. What you think, Aaron? What's on your mind, bro? Uh, criticism. Wake uh, up. Wake up, Aaron. <laughs> Need that Let's coffee, bro. Hey, listen, no, I'm awake. My mind was just, you know, it, it, it starts wandering. Um, I, I definitely think men can handle criticism. Uh, mm. I think that, I think this, I think everything around us is literally bit, built on the ability of men to ha- handle criticism. I think that we're highlighting the men that don't uh, handle it very well, unfortunately. But it, just in general, yeah, men, don't ha- men handle criticism very well. And I, I can tell you exactly how I know that. Pretty much everybody Mandrill's cool with, somebody he considers his brothers, handle criticism. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to be so cool. I'm pretty sure, like, we are pretty much aligned that way. Like, man, it's important to us that we got to be able to get on your line and, and hold you to a certain accountability for us to have a bond with you. We can't have no friend 
uh, that 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 when we own them, that they can't handle it. It makes us uncomfortable. It, as men, that's the one thing we connect on is being able to be straight up real with each other. That that's our bonding thing when it comes to men. Without that, we don't have a bond. It, it, it's just different. So. I, I think in that aspect, if I just look at how many men exist, and if, the, if you have friends, if you have people you consider family, I would say the large majority of men handle criticism uh, relatively well. I, I don't think anybody relatively likes it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not in, it's not like, hey, let's go criticism land today. But I think as far as handling it, based upon what I think about the number of men, the men, friends, relationship, things like that, and how it's it, it, it's it's literally vital to a a, a, a a relationship between men and their bond, I I have to say that they handle criticism well. I just I, I don't know how you be close with somebody if they don't. I, I think it's difficult. Uh, let me try to make this point as far as why I think that that number is going down. I think it's related to a lot of the single mother uh, thing, and I say that um, not to be critical of the moms, but when you're growing up. That, that usually comes from your dad. We all know boys are usually coddled by their moms. Girls are usually coddled by their dads. And you usually get the discipline from the opposite. Where when you're growing up, and, and, and I've, I've been saying this for years, when you're growing up and you only got that one parent and all she's doing is coddling you, that's why you're having these guys who can't take rejection. That's why you're having these guys that um, can't take criticism is because I mean, we've all seen it. Some little kid at school acting the ass and the mom coming up there blaming the teacher instead of getting on the son. You know, it's, it's, it's that right there is foreign to me. If I messed up at school, pops was coming at my head. What? No, it must have been the teacher fault. You know, my baby ain't, you know, even even when we watch the, um, you know, some of the news or whatever, when something happened and, oh, no, my baby wasn't like that. He was at school. And everybody that knows him is looking at her like, but this nigga on Instagram with guns. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So is is so when you're growing up and you only got that mom, a lot of them don't get criticized growing up. A lot of them, my baby's perfect. They come home with you know 1.3 GPA. They still get the new Jordans. They can you know they're coddled coming up. So when they get to being an adult and they have somebody that's criticizing them, it's foreign to them. Like, when I grew up to getting criticized, it wasn't foreign to me. My dad criticized me to this day. But when you grow up and, and your mom is coddling you, you know, because you're her baby boy, then I, I don't think you're used to having somebody being critical of you. And I think that's why the number of men that can take criticism is dropping because a lot of them are just being raised by their mom. And I think that's instilled by the dad. I think the dad generally is the tougher guy on the boy. And I think that toughness is what makes you be able to accept criticism. So I, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to jump it, but I, I, I agree with that as far as how you broke it down. I think that that's why women try to put their children in sports, to put them around other men, to kind of toughen them up, uh, because the camaraderie that we build is around criticizing each other. Like you said, bro, but my boy, is just a, we used to roast each other if this, this happened. Like we were used to that environment. Now, if you're telling me, in which I'm perfectly open to it, that men are not, men don't have the type of relationship that we that they had growing up and it's let, let men have less friends. They, they're less close to people than they ever used to be. And everybody's on YouTube because they in sales and recluse and they don't actually have these bonds anymore. Then yeah, I, I, I can concede that. But as long as men have bonds and relationships 
it's centered around being accountable and criticism. It's literally cemented in that. Like I, it literally make you uncomfortable when you got to talk to your boy and he like, he, he can't handle it. You're like, damn, I can't even, you don't want to be around him. It makes you uncomfortable when you're an accountable individual. So yeah. it's kind of hard blending those two, but I, I do agree with you. I'll give you a perfect example. I got a homeboy and he was raised by his mom, right? My best friend. It's certain times that he won't have a conversation with me and he'll say it straight out to like one of my other partners because I don't feel like, because he's going to tell me the truth and I don't feel like hearing that shit. I don't go through that. I'll go talk to my dad where I know he's going to cuss me out. I'll still go talk to him because I'm an accountable individual and I was raised on being criticized. He wasn't. His mom was always, he was right. If something happened, she was out there looking for somebody, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? So, so if he did something and he know he's wrong, instead of tapping in with me, and me telling him, like, yeah, you off, he'd rather go hit one of the only homies that might try to take his side, which is what? Feminine behavior, which comes from what? Women. When you look at most of the issues that women have, it's usually some woman did something wrong and they aren't being accountable for it. You know, or or one of their friends criticized them and they don't like it and now they beefing over that. Like, that's generally where their issues come from a lot of the time. So if that's what you're being raised by, that's what you know. That's why I always say, too, like with a, a lot of these street guys, like the way that they react these days, it's feminine. It's you reacting off emotions. But if you were raised by somebody that reacted off emotions and you didn't have that other half over there that, you know, kind of told you to, you know, no, nah, that ain't how we move. That's the only way you know to move. That's why a lot of these women are having trouble with these men because they're being raised by men that are raised by women, so you damn near in a relationship with another woman a lot of times. Because because of their reactions to stuff. You know, I see a lot of guys that's raised by women that they want they gotta get the last word in. I wasn't raised to do that shit. We end the argument, we walk away. That's it. I don't give a fuck what she say after that. Once I say it's over, it's it. You could and scream, it. yell, da 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 da. I'm walking away. It's a wrap. But I got partners and and a lot of them raised by women that they will sit there and keep on coming back it's like bro i ain't gonna say it no more <laughs> you feel me we finish. you feel me and that's it so and, and, and so and that, that, that's why i think that is what's up man what about, what think, yeah. what's what, what, what's it what's is that really like like, do they really do pick up that pick that up from their mothers? I mean, because I mean that's that's a serious problem. Because you got, I agree with Tommy. It's just it's weird to see because you got guys even in this YouTube space and they do it with no shame. They come out here and they won't let a subject go. Like they, you know, how women keep bringing something up. The matter solved, it's resolved. You're done with it. But they'll bring it up again, and they'll bring it up again. You got guys in the, in, in YouTube doing that. So it's like, okay, if women know that the, they're raising guys to their boys to be like this, why don't they do anything to stop it? I don't you think that. Um, so it's kind of tricky with that, bro, because I don't think that that women are necessarily aware of what they're doing, though. When they're doing, they have it. to be. No, 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 Madrill. No, I'm saying nature, being a woman. I'm saying the nature That's of it. a woman. The nature of a woman, bro. And that's why balance is so important. I always push to, yeah. you know, you need both parents, whether they're yeah. you know, both parents in the house uh, or not, you still need yeah. both parents, bro, because it provides that balance because the woman's nature is to nurture. You know what I mean? Like, that's necessary. 
But to balance it out, you had your father to come through with that discipline. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it, it balances things out because you are you see an example of how to carry yourself. You see an example of how to move during conversations and stuff like that. But what you see a lot of times, you can tell that, and respectfully, you can tell like there are situations where men were raised by their mothers because yeah. they have certain qualities and certain a certain nature about them. You could tell they weren't really moving around men, if that yeah. makes any sense. And it's not, and it, it's, and not it's, a, it's not a knock, bro. It's not a knock yeah. because everybody like a who you might be swinging other way. Yeah, everybody's everybody's deficient in something, bro. Nobody's nobody's perfect. So it's not a knock against anybody. What I'm is, but it it's the case, bro. Like how you handle conflict, um, how you handle rejection, all of those different things. I think it ties into how you were raised, bro. It's your pathology. Yeah, fair enough. It's just my question is to the ladies. They have they have to know by no, now. No, Mandrill, understand this, Mandrill. Mandrill, when 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 just. You like like I give a perfect example with my son. My son was watching TV one time, right? So I come to the living room. I'm just standing at the top of the step. I look down. Mind you, I, this is nothing I'm doing on purpose. This is just me just chilling. I look down and I felt the nudge on my leg. He's standing next to me, and I'm standing there with my arms like this. And he's literally standing next to me with arms like this, looking up, staring at me, copying me. If I'm not there, he got his mom to copy. And that's what I'm telling you. So it's not necessarily that they're implementing this into them. Kids follow their parent. Yeah, and if like, your mom is the only one there, they going to follow that. I don't think that's so, all the time. I, but I do think that we don't give modeling, psychologically speaking, we don't give modeling enough credit. So this kind of brings me to the next question, right? So do y'all think that men lack leadership? 100%. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, bro. 100%. Hey, listen, in, 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 a, in, a, in a room full of 1,000 well-adjusted men, you know what I'm saying? Well-adjusted, well-rounded men, you might get eight or nine leaders out of that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's among men who are well-adjusted, well-raised, and, and well-prepared for life. So if you hold it, hold that notion up in contrast to the way the world is today, yeah, absolutely we lack leadership. People don't even know what a leader is when they see it. They don't. And when they see leadership, they don't understand that leaders aren't going to go back and forth with you all the time. You know what I'm saying? Well, do, then we're not going to do that kind of back and forth. Here's what you need to do. Here's what is suspected. You know, okay, now I'm giving you time. I'm giving you resources. I'm giving you instruction. Move out. Okay. You don't do it? Okay. You're out. I'm going to find someone who can get the job done. You know what I'm saying? That's all there is to it. We're not. I'm not going back and forth with you. Why? That's a waste of time. So when people see that, they just they don't either they don't know what to make of it, or they just dismiss it. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's, it's it's. Hey King, can I jump in right quick? Yeah, what's up, Tommy B? What's just up, just came across the screen. I just want to uh, rest in peace to Bill Russell. He just passed. I just seen it come across the screen. Hmm. Mm. Oh wow. 88 years old, Oakland mm. legend. Wow, man. RIP. Yeah. Man, wow. Man, man we're going to give him two seconds of silence. Well, we're going to give him five seconds of silence for Bill Russell, man.
Yeah, so, um, Corey, what you think, bro? Do you think that men lack leadership? I definitely do. I believe leadership has be has been redefined by a culture that doesn't even understand leadership. You know, they look at leadership as somebody that has a whole bunch of followers, a whole bunch of, you know, just, just foolish stuff. When it comes to real leadership, they don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, they don't respect leadership and they don't follow real leaders because it's been redefined by this this just tainted culture, man, that we live in now. So I do believe a lot of people, a lot of men lack leadership. And I think another question I would ask is, do you even recognize what leadership is? You know what I'm saying? Given the fact that it's been redefined so much. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of different things we can look at. One, men do lack leadership. And I, two, they don't even know what it really looks like. And I think that's the reason why they lack it. Because um, the leaders that we do have, one, they're dying off. And two, they're not put in the public eye, like the ones that's redefining it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I would, that's what I would say with that. What you think, Aaron? <sighs> well, I'm going to just say it because that's what I do. Uh <laughs> This leadership thing is uh, it's it's a lot that goes into it because when we say a lot of leaders are dying out, that's a it, we're indicating that leadership is not just based upon a man being a man and because he has a family he's a leader, right? We're basically saying it's beyond that because the blanketed statement that our men leaders are indicating there's supposed to be a lot of leaders. There's not. There's not supposed to be the 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 literally leaders are supposed to be in the minority. But unfortunately, in this space, we're sitting here telling women, men are, well, men are the leaders, women should follow, da, 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 da. And women are taking it, yeah, y'all the leaders. And, and it's, it's, it's been, I wouldn't say it's frustrating me, but I definitely disagree with it because I think it's a disingenuous conversation when women say men are leaders. They just do that to shut y'all down from, uh, from just having any position of um, power over them. You ain't, well, you a leader, you shouldn't ask me to do anything or you should just make me do it because you're a leader so a lot of this gets convoluted i I think that there is there is a lack of leadership amongst men but it's always been in the minority it will remain in the minority that is what effectively a leader is now if we want to kind of break it down and say well there's all different type of form of leadership and i think a man if he's with a family he's automatically by default their leader then the conversation is going to get way out, out of pocket because then we'll, then what I believe we might get into it. What I understand a leader to be is somebody that has people that follow him. And I, there's a lot that goes into that. And I just don't think that's every man. And so I, I can't really even effectively answer the question to, to, to the, to the length that I want to, because I'm not sure if, if we are in agreement on what, leaders are at this particular point because it's been thrown out there so often yeah. and it's been combated that men aren't leaders. So I, I don't even know how to have a conversation to be honest with you. I think, well, uh, here's the I thing, think Aaron here. made a good point real quick and then go ahead, man, Drew, I'm going to read this comment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between leaders of your household and then leaders of men. So it, it is a hierarchy. We have to acknowledge that there's a hierarchy as it relates to leadership. Well, go ahead, Mandrell. What's on your mind, man? Yeah, like I said, I was about to make that point as well. That first of all, people have to understand that even among leaders, there's a hierarchy. There are leaders among leaders. And there are people who can lead in some categories but can't lead anything, lead 
than what he's out of what paper bag out of others. You know what I'm saying? So, but as far as uh, uh, um, leadership goes, I mean, Jesus, I had a point and I lost it. A good one too. It's no, Aaron, that's what it is. This what this what it is. Uh, Aaron, you're saying uh, you don't know what a leader is, man. It's just like even the point you made, like uh, when ladies say, "Well, if you're a leader, you're supposed to be able to make me to do this, make me do that." No, yeah, uh, you can, but man can be a leader, but you have to choose to follow. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't choose to follow, fine. That leader is not going to go back and forth with you. He's going to walk right past you and find someone else who will. That's what you do. You have something that you have a, you have a task that needs to be accomplished. And as a leader, I'm going to make sure this task gets accomplished regardless. Now you can come with me and help me do it. But -hmm. if you don't fine, I'll find someone else to do it. And that's what leaders do. So when people like myself dismiss people like that, they find it, you know, they see it as being dismissive. They see me being hard and stuff like that. It's just what I'm used to doing. I'm just used to operating like that now. Been doing it for so long. You feel me? So why do you why do you guys think that men have an issue with leadership, right? Because they want to be the leader, and they don't know how to they don't know how to lead. They don't even know what a leader is. Uh, a thinking man. It's again that's another thing that's becoming a lost art. You don't women don't allow men to lead. And by saying what I mean by that, here's what I mean by that. Okay. Again, here's what I mean by that is that even if a woman recognizes a man as a leader, they choose not to follow. And that's how this shit works. You have to follow, which is your choice. You don't want to follow. I'm going to find someone else who will. And that's another thing that you have some men who are qualified to lead, but they don't make when it comes to big decisions, hard decisions, they're incapable of doing so. And that's where they, a lot of men fall short. They allow women to cause them to make piss poor decisions. And so the leadership falls apart because the man fell, fell short. You know what I'm saying? If you get what I'm trying to say. No, I got you, bro. I'm, like I yeah, said, yeah. I, I get what you said. I think, uh, I think leadership, you know, it, it does have to do with modeling, man. Um, and this is just my opinion. If a man never sees a man play a leadership role, he doesn't know what it looks like. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to act like a leader. He doesn't have the mind of a leader. And how many men are sheep as it relates to having this herd mentality? Or do you have a lot of independent thinkers? But then I also agree with Aaron. Leadership is a rare quality, you know, because it requires a certain level of confidence to stand in the way of things and take them bullets, bro. And and mm-hmm. understanding that you know who you are, you believe certain things and you know the principles that you stand on, and you have to also be willing to stand alone. A lot of people, when it comes to leadership, a lot of people don't necessarily understand that as a leader, you have to be willing to stand alone because there's going to be certain situations that present themselves and you are standing alone. And if you go with the flock, so to speak, then are you really a leader? And I do think that, you know, it's a lot of things to this leadership thing. I do think that good leaders also follow. They also believe in order, discipline, and hierarchy. But a lot of people have a lot of pride. Like you said, Mandrea, a lot of times men don't want to follow other men. Well, why not? 
Why why don't you want to follow other men? Because you're only destined think- to, you're destined to create or have the same mistakes. Like a lot of people don't even value leadership, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. if you have if you've seen leadership, you know, like my father sitting down with me, like I tell that story all the time. Like he came to me when I was sitting at the table when I was like 15, 16, eating a bowl of cereal. And he was like, Man, a lot of your uh, a lot of your friends are gonna die. And he just walked away. You know what I mean? I, I don't have that foresight or that understanding at 15 that my father has. So I have to be willing to follow him and understand his thought process. And I also have to trust. A lot of times, too, you have to have a relationship before you can have influence. There are situations where you don't have to have a relationship, but it's really important for you to have a relationship before you try to influence people or it's going to fall on deaf ears. And there's an art to communication in the way you go about leading people. A lot of times, you, it's, it's a lot of different types of leadership. You have some people that lead from the front. You have some people that lead from the side. And then you also have some people that lead from the rear. So it's different styles of leadership. And you have to be able to adjust based on knowing your personnel. So you have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence as well yeah. to know who you're communicating with and how to communicate effectively with them because – the same coach can't coach – like every coach coaches differently based on the player, a good coach at yeah. least, right? Yeah. There are some that's like you're going to conform to what I think or I'm going to ship you off. That's one style of leadership. And then there's also a style of leadership that's more like a mentor. You're, you're standing side by side guiding them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as, So as men, I think we have to speak to the nuances of leadership – and a different styles of leadership, and you can't lead the same way in every situation. Mm-hmm. We we see it in we we see it in sports. You see, if you see the way that uh, Steve Curry is compared to the way that uh, Greg Popovich is, completely different. If you see the way that Bill Belichick is compared to the way that uh, Pete Carroll is, completely different. Both of them have been successful, completely different ways. I think what you said, thinking man, goes back to what I was saying as far as the the, the broken homes. I was used to having a man lead me. So when I went to the military, it wasn't foreign for men to be in charge of me and leading me somewhere. Um, I think you made a good point, though, about the relationship thing, because with me, that's a big thing. If I ain't got a relationship with you, it's hard for me to follow. That's literally was my struggle throughout the military. Nigga, who are you? Who you think you talking to? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you like pops. You know, he he got a track record with me. So when he speaks, that holds something. My big bro, when he says something, that holds something. I just joined this shit. I don't know you from a can of paint. Who is you yelling at? Who you know you what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, boy. like, what? Or, no, i tell you the big one, though, uh, Mandrell. Are you talking to because you? a big thing with the military is, you know, the ranking thing. And so yeah. I go out into the field, and then I come back to school, and then they start up this new thing where they starting people off at E4. I'm an E3. So you coming fresh out of boot camp as the E4, I'm coming from the ship, and I'm an E3. But you think you about to tell me what to do? You better get up out of my face. And and this isn't just me. This goes up the ranks. If you look at a chief, they talk to ensigns who are technically above them like they under them. Fuck out my face, butter bars. Like, they straight up. You know, so I, I think you saying that is important. I think it does have to and, – and, in the military, you see that. You see the difference between people responding to people in leadership positions that they have a relationship with, that they have a past with, and then people who 
were just put there because, you know, this, this, and this happened or something like that. Like, people react to that completely differently. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that was a huge part of it. But I think the um, – because like you said, I got the same kind of relationship with my pops like with, uh, that you have with yours. Like, to this day, any any big decision I make, like when I decide to go buy my house, I'm tapping in with him. You know what I'm saying? When I decide to go buy my truck, I tapped in with him. Like, just any decision that I make, I tap in with him. Even if I disagree with his opinion on it, I still get his opinion just because I want to see the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? So, but but that's me growing up with a dad that led me. So. What you think, Aaron? You got something on this, bro? Ah, uh, it's a painful conversation. Just be honest with you. Listening to Tommy talking about how his relationship with his father allowed him to transition a little bit more effectively than a lot of others and to just know that. And, and like I said, because uh, I was on a, I was on a panel, you know, Fight Club earlier, and it was just how, 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 the, how the little boys, the boys, nobody care about them. And, and, and it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. Nobody cares about them. These deadbeat mothers is destroying these men. And, 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 and unfortunately, guys that are well put together, that don't have that lack of leadership in their life, will excoriate those men because they didn't they don't have a lack of leadership. And, and you, I'm just seeing a repetitive cycle. You know, Tommy talking about you know, how he's seeing the lack of accountability and, and criticism allowed by men because of how they're growing up without their dads and things like that. And I'm just seeing like an avalanche happen when it comes to young boys, how they're not protected, how they're not poured into, how they have no guidance. And they just threw out to the wolves and everybody expect them to just to figure it out and make it. And I, I'm going to be honest, it's tough. It's tough having these conversations, knowing how women just look for it any opportunity they can to destroy a man any opportunity they can if they if, if they sense any oh he, he a weaker guy well you know the reason why but they don't care it's just I, honestly just this conversation about just how i know how it's gonna play out it's just suck i'm just being honest, it just suck because i just know how these how these boys are just not taken care of and, it, and, it, and it's not shined upon at all at all and nobody nobody's fighting for them nobody's fighting for him and, and if you do nobody really care and i and i just see it you know how some like you just don't you just your 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 mind just go to that place you just see it and it's unraveling and just listening to these conversations you know listening to comments about how people just feel about men men is weak you know just watching it just play out it it it, it really it really bothers me to be honest with you um it doesn't make me harbor like any it's just a tough conversation, but just just to keep it simple. And I, I want to throw some uh, some rope out there for the ladies because we do got to realize, man, a lot of these women are in these positions at, you know, 24, 25. That's some tough shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I turned 40 this year. I'm still trying to figure shit out. You know what I'm saying? So you 25 and then the person that you had a baby with, it didn't work out. Like, I think people don't consider that a lot of times, too, that we not talking about 45. And, and of course, we got issues with some of them, too. But we not talking about 45-year-old women, you know, that are having these kids and then they single moms. We're talking about, you know, 20-something-year-old women who are trying to figure out life themselves. 
and I think a lot of time when he had when we have these conversations, we speak from a point of view of one. A lot of us are older than that, so we speak from our age. But also, I think a lot of us aren't taking into account how old a lot of these women are, and going through these extremely stressful situations as far as like dealing with the kid on your own. And I'm not taking no blame away from them because they put themselves in that position by having a baby and stuff. But you still got to take into account that, you know, this is a 25-year-old young lady that's raising a boy that probably don't have – there is no handbook on doing this. I can tell you I got three of them. There ain't no handbook. It's all three different. They all different personalities, yada, yada, yada. It's a tough job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So as frustrating as we get as far as with them, we also got to take into account that we talking to people that ain't got it all together. We talking to people that's trying to figure out life just like we all trying to figure out. So, look, that hits on, you know, one of the things that that we're kind of getting to. Um, can a homeless man teach a rich man? Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. The question Absolutely. is, can a homeless man teach a rich man? Absolutely. One, one of my favorite quotes is from E-40. Uh, you can learn from a baby. You can learn from anybody. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten was from a crackhead, straight up. I, I, I had my own truck. I was driving. I was doing this, this, and I was smoking weed, you know, just whatever. Wasn't supposed to be, but I was. And he came up to me. He was like, bro, if I had the opportunity that you had right now, I wouldn't be wasting it on no weed. And it fucked me up because I'm talking to a crackhead. You know what I'm saying? But it was real advice. You know what I'm saying? And he and, and again, he's an OG too. He was older. You know, so anybody that's older, I feel like can give you advice because they have life experiences. And I think a lot of people a lot of times have to take their ego out of a lot of this stuff and you looking at somebody because they in this position or this that, and the other. Yeah. And what can you tell me or whatever? Now anybody can teach you something. It ain't it, it, it just because you've reached a different position, don't put you above, you know, getting some game from anybody. Rich, poor, broke, no matter what color, whatever, you know, if somebody got more experience than you, they might be able to help you out in, in a certain situation. What you think, Corey? Yeah, I believe a rich, I mean, a homeless man can teach a rich man. Um, I, I truly think about it like this. He may be poor in material things, but not poor in wisdom. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you can learn a lot from other individuals because you're talking to people from different experiences and people learn and gain a lot of the wisdom from their experiences. I was just sharing, you know, with my daughter the other day, you know, she's doing her thing. She's killing the game. And I told her, I said, listen, me watching you and your endeavors and your journey, I'm learning a lot from you. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm ahead, you know, I'm, I'm teaching her stuff, but sometimes if once you get outside of yourself, then you can start to see what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? And you can start learning from other people. So I, I do feel like a homeless man can teach a rich man. A rich man may be rich in a lot of like assets and material things, but he may be lacking some wisdom somewhere, you know? And I feel like if you open yourself to have a growth mindset, you can learn from anyone. Um, rich, poor, black, grizzled, gray, gay, whatever the situation may be, you can always learn something from somebody, man. And I just feel like we got to drop our egos and allow that to happen. And so... Definitely. And I want to shout out my dog, uh, Joshua Jackson. I saw he say from Detroit. So I got a salute. That's my home. So I got to represent real quick. 
What you uh what you think, Aaron? I wanna let my Mandrell go first, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's cool. Mandrell, what's up, bro? You kicking back. What you thinking about? Just listening to everybody. Um, absolutely. And both Tommy B and Corey are right. You can find wisdom from anywhere, you know, and if you shut people, if you look down on people or shut people out just because they don't have the same social status or, you know, financial status that you, that you do, you think they have nothing to teach you just because they end up in that position? Well, I mean, you might want to listen to how they got there just so you can know what not to do so you don't end up in the same position. Or it could be on something completely unrelated to money or whatever. Point is, you can find wisdom from literally anywhere. And if you close yourself off to that at any given time, you'd be doing yourself a critical disservice. You know what I'm saying? You'd be an absolute fool. So, so that's, look, you know, that's, so look, yeah. So, kind of hinging on that when you say, you know, being an absolute fool, like I want y'all to, uh, can y'all mute up? I'm gonna play this clip real quick. We're gonna make him idol worship and build a God, but he didn't understand it. And I'm gonna say this the preacher, he searched the world out. He said, I wanna know the, the, the basis behind wisdom and knowledge and understanding and foolishness. See, you can't know wisdom and knowledge and you should be a fool, but we don't wanna be foolish. That's the only way you're gonna get it. You gotta be a fool first. How you gonna know a fool when you see a fool? And that hits on it right there. You just said that, man, Drill. Bars. That hits on it right there. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times when you think about this stuff, man, you got to give people grace because everybody play that role at some point. You make bad decisions. You do foolish yeah. things. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, it's it's really important that we give people grace to make mistakes. You know what I'm cool. saying? Like, because we all make mistakes. We all learning, you know, how to be better fathers. All of that kind of stuff. How to be better men, how to be better mothers. So it's a it's a tricky thing. What you got, Aaron? What you thinking, man? Uh this is actually uh, I deal with it a lot actually. Uh not so much anymore, but long long time ago when I first got started working, uh I I deal with a lot of homeless customers. <laughs> uh and a lot of mental illness, a lot of military men too. Uh the the great the greatest experience for me was uh realizing that i could see myself in people you know and it's not identical but when when you when you're dealing with homeless people the freedom a lot of times that they have and 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 their their spirit is just different man like to to, to just know that they like i'm gonna sleep where i sleep at right and they ain't worried about paying bills. They're not worried about all these extra things. And I'm not saying they don't have any worries. I'm just saying the things that we worry about. A lot of times they have like a like a, a true freedom. Like I don't do drugs, right? But I like I said, a lot of customers and things, especially when I first started. Uh, man, they are so free. Uh, 
from the responsibility that a lot of other people take on in life. And it's just a, it's just such an interesting way to look at things. Uh, and one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is just, uh, I remember a customer and this was a long, long time ago. Uh, he said, he said, uh, I, I need $20. It, it just got to last me for the, for the till next week. And I get my check. And I said, that's all you got to last you the next week. And, 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 you know, and I come from nothing. Right. But I, you're a kid. You don't really expect other adults to really see it like that. And, and it really just hit me, bro. Like I went all, I went in everything. I was, I look into retirement. Uh, I read up on it. I got the process started and it happened to me early. Right. And so I, I just think even if they don't say nothing to you, they say something to you. And, and I and I think the most the most important thing that I've learned because when you're young you think you know everything and most of us do go through that it t- it, it takes fifty years to be fifty you can't get around that yep. you can't skip it you can't jump ahead nothing it take that amount of time and, and it sits with me well more than it did back then when we thought people were just old fools right you you see the value in things like that and so I absolutely glean uh, with everything uh, I don't dismiss nobody uh because i found value in it when i was younger and it stick with me you know some so even when i see military vets that have certain issues and i'm just like damn they fought for this country and it's just like this could happen to them and and they could be going through this and and you just kind of look into it you're like man all this type of experiences that people have you feel you feel and you see these things so i i think it's a i actually have a lot of admiration for homeless people uh it's dangerous out there when you sleep and you just look up and there's nothing but dark skies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a certain amount of strength that it takes to be able to do that. There's a reason why, and I don't want to make it like a sex thing, but there's a reason why there's a lot more homeless men than women, right? Women, women going to figure a way to get inside some shelter. <laughs> Rain, hell, sleep, so they're going to get them some shelter somehow, some way. Uh, it, it, it's just a different experience. And uh, I think your ability to having a respect for people just in general to know that there was actual stories to why people got to the position that they got um and, and things like that it, it humbles you uh i think i think we all know anything can happen to any of us even though we don't ever really want to envision ourselves being those people you can learn a lot and i'm not, I'm not a rich man that's why i'm struggling to answer this question you know what i'm saying can a teacher rich man i don't know i'm not a rich man uh but i just as far as me tons of information from from people on a day-to-day basis especially homeless people drug addicts things like the people that I, so much stuff i could go on honestly i i got a uh another e40 quote he said he said you listen to the old folks because they've been my age i ain't never been there and it's that simple sometimes but uh one thing that my pops used to tell me that that made me kind of look at homeless people a different way is he always used to tell me man you're only one life mistake away from being in them shoes. And he always told me, you know, you tread lightly because don't think everybody's out there because they made a mountain of mistakes. One mistake, and you could be sitting right there. And, you know, uh, all bullshit aside, I made that mistake. And I was out there. I, and I, it wasn't no, you know, park benches and stuff. I had me a little whip or whatever. But, you know, I was out there on the, on the side of the road sleeping in the whip for a little bit. You feel me? So... Um, I have a different kind of uh, outlook on it 
and I've sat down and listened to uh and, and spoken to homeless people. You know, it's just I think I think our society is so dismissive of them because they're in that situation. But a lot of their stories are, I mean, it's man, it's 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 interesting. You know, yeah. so um I think I think people do gotta be uh, stop being dismissive of people that's not necessarily in their situation. Um somebody said earlier that um Something about you can't learn from a baby. You can learn something. No, you can absolutely learn from a baby. I got three of them. I don't learn from them. Like learn. They, you, they don't have to sit down and have a conversation with you for you to learn. You can just learn off of just, you know, their movements or them picking up stuff or them getting older, all kind of stuff. Not to mention when you have a baby, it's your first time being a parent. You're learning. Trust me, you learning. And they doing the teaching. And that's like, for instance, for example, that's why I watch a lot of so much YouTube content. I learn from y'all. Like, you guys are parents, right? You think I'm not taking in this information and learning what to do and what not to do if the day ever comes where I have a child? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's I mean, I mean, you learn from you can learn from literally anywhere and anyone. What are you doing? To you? <laughs> Again, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's foolish to me. It really is. This is a, uh, this is a good point that uh, Dory said. Uh, it could be the symmetric side of complete financial freedom, the time of reflection, except the homeless man has to climb up physically. The rich man has to climb up spiritually. I, I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a unique perspective. I, I, you know, that's a kind of a nuance to it. You know, the more money you have, the more availability you have to certain things. And do you have the uh, moral compass to be able to say no to what you should say no to? Where are you at spiritually as a man? How do you move when you have these options? So I do think that both sides actually have different hills to climb, but they're all trying to grow in different ways. Yeah, I think it boils down to which hill you're willing to climb. You know, even the Bible talks about it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right, because spiritually they're lacking in a lot of ways. Not saying that there's anything wrong with having money, but can you have money and not have a love for money, which is the root of all evil? Not having money is evil, but the, the love for it, because it, like you said, kid, it, it, it gives you access to so many different things. It, it, it causes you to say yes to things you should be saying no to. And so I just feel like as a person with money, you have to have maturity to be able to handle that money and do right by that money. If not, you're going to be consumed by it and you're going to, you know, you can, you can be out here in these streets as, as quick as you got it. You can lose it just as fast. And so you just got to be careful, man, and make sure you stay humble and whatever you got going on and don't be so braggadocious about what you got going on. Cause then you set yourself up to be a target. So you just got to move smart. You know what I'm saying? And you got to make sure that you're strategic with everything you do, say, post, whatever, and who you learning from. So if, if it's a homeless man telling me how to keep my riches, it, it, it logically it doesn't make sense to listen to him because it's like look at you 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 don't have nothing right but who's to say that wasn't by choice and that wasn't by his own design like my man said it's a symmetrical side to being financially free so we just got to be open and aware of our surroundings and that that introspection is real so that's what i would say to that that piece you see uh bill gates talking about giving away his now imagine Bill Gates, and I doubt he will be, but imagine him being on the streets and somebody walking up to him talking about, why would I listen to you? <laughs> you know. But and and you also gotta 
and I, I think this is what Aaron was kind of touching on, is that freedom. Us of us that's, that's touched a little bit of money, you know the pressures that come with that, bro. Like, I done had partners that I ain't talked to in years and tapped in with me on IG from the pen, like, yo, could you loan me this, da-da-da, family members, hey, could you loan Like, very rarely do I get a phone call going, hey, let me give you some money, or hey, you know, here's a way to make some money. Everybody hit your line. Oh, can I borrow this? Can I borrow? This? Like, yo, we in a recession. I'm in that too. But it is it's it's when if you're homeless, you don't you don't receive that type of pressure. Who's gonna ask you for money? You know what I'm saying? Like you almost can do whatever you want to do. The earth is your turf. Whereas us that's that's still in the system. We're still under these pressures of, you know, got to get it, got to get it, got to get this raise, got to get this business going, got to, you know, it's a, it's, it's a constant pressure there where if you're homeless, I understand what you're saying, Aaron, where it's just a freedom of, I don't have these pressures. You know, I can go as I please. There's no schedule. There's just, like you said, I just fall asleep. Well, I fall asleep, I wake up and I just start my day. Hey, look, I'm going to play this clip right quick. Y'all meet up. Every way we taught them, they hate, they don't even know why. Because they don't about to teach them. They don't about to take time to let them know why they're doing things they're doing. And that's the whole purpose of life. Let them know what they're doing wrong if you see it. I always knew I was doing wrong. What about when they showed me long-suffering? What about when they forgave me, but I can't forgive him? He did. He made a promise. I made a promise. I didn't fulfill it. They didn't go off on me. Well, I got to go off on him because he didn't fulfill his commitment. That's wrong. You got to teach. They don't know. The only God they know is through you, through your experience. So I think, what's up, Corey? What's on your mind? I mean, he's spitting facts. It's real, man. And I think what's phenomenal about it is the dude that's whoever's listening took the time to record that because, like Tommy said, they are dismissed. Nobody nobody really just stop and sit and talk to a homeless person. One, your nose is turned up better. One, you worried about they stinking or not. You don't want to be in their presence, so you quickly get away from them as fast as you can, not knowing you can just you could have just walked away from a million-dollar idea a million dollar, whatever the case may be, they could be holding on to it. But because we are people of stature and caliber and, you know, high socioeconomic status, we don't feel like we can get nothing from nobody else. It, it has to be the upper echelon of the world where we can receive stuff from. And that ain't always the case. Like I said, I learn from everybody around me. I learn from people who don't have as much as I have. And I ain't saying I got a lot. I already have a bunch. But I learn from people that don't have as much as I have. And I'm like, damn, because their perspective is different. Because their experiences are different. You know what I'm saying? Their influences are different. Their point of reference is different. So I'm like, who am I to put myself on this pedestal to say I can't learn from nobody, not knowing what they possess, who they may know, regardless of what state they in. I don't know who these people know, what they got going on, none of that. So dog is spitting truth. I respect what he's doing. I respect the person even more who recorded it to let him know, man, you can always learn from anybody. You just got to be open to doing it. What you think, Aaron? What's on your mind, bro? Uh, what I, the first thing that came to my mind is that they talk to that OG a lot. The, that that OG means something to them. Um, that's why they recorded. They know he's big game. They they know that they know they're gonna connect with him. They're like, man, people need to hear this. Like that. That's what come to my mind, right? That they see him, right? Um, a lot of times people don't 
people don't get the credit for noticing that there are a lot of people that do care, right? And unfortunately, it's never enough. But I, I, I'm gonna just what's on my mind, honestly, man. I have I carry a heavy heart, man. Um, and just uh, every day it gets a little lighter. I, it used to be dark, right? And I'm not saying like violence try to hurt people, but just like a dark heart, just for how the world is, right? And then as I got older and I went through the storm and the whole process, my heart gets lighter, right? I see things like this. I see the compassion that people have for people in a lot of ways. And when you grow up in an environment, it's so it's so hard to see these things. And so your heart just remains a certain way. So it gets a little lighter as I continue to see these things. And and, and as you want to let certain lights come in and it's like, man, this this is dope to see. Uh, even if you really uh, on a deeper end, just the fact that you played the video, it had everybody focusing on it. Things that somebody probably wouldn't do on a normal day to day basis, like for, for whatever you plan, my eyes is directly for. I just think like that, so I, I don't know. I'm a little weird that way, but it, it, it's just good to see uh, to try to highlight the good in people when you come from a space where seeing the good in people is difficult. What you thinking, Mandrea? What's on your mind, man? Um, I mean, I've I, I've run across people like that in my time, quite a few times. You know what I'm saying? People who are on the street and just, they just at first glance they're just talking. You know what I'm saying? But you sit there and listen to what they're saying. There's gems in there, and just much like Aaron, um, I, I know I may not come across it too often, but uh, I'm a person who has a lot of compassion for people, and compassion even in the military is one of the big reasons why I made some of the decisions I made is out of compassion for people. But so my heart goes out to people like that. It's something that, I mean, especially when it comes to, they don't have to be veterans, but especially when it comes to veterans, when, you know, cause that's something I'm, I'm really close to. And I know uh, way too much about it. If I'm being honest, I know it's way too much about that situation and why they're on the street. But, I wish there's something. I wish that um, there's something that I could personally do for them, as a whole. And um, you know, it bothers me to see people out in the street like that, because in a, in most of those cases, from my experience, and it's just anecdotal, a lot of those cases, man, it ain't entirely that person's fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so, a, it's a, it's a, I, I, and that's why I never judge him because, like Tom said, you never know how that person got there. Because at any given time, all of us are just one mistake away from meaning all that, it that takes is a house fire, bro. One house fire, you, you and your family could be out there. You know, you, you didn't have your situation right. One house fire, you could be sitting right out there yeah. with folks. Yeah, no fire insurance. Yeah, some like it, yeah. Or it didn't cover what you thought it covered, or all, you know, yeah, again, all it's just one mistake. Man. Yeah. So look, bro. Um, I'm gonna play. Well, go ahead, Tommy. What's up, bro? No, I was gonna tell you. My situation is almost a perfect example of this, as far as taking advantage, not necessarily from a homeless person, but somebody that I necessarily wasn't lining up with, and that's this community. You know, y'all know. You know, I've been here a minute. I, I think a lot of this shit is weird. I think a lot of this shit I don't necessarily agree with, but it led to me getting back with my kid's mom and that came from shit that I heard here started with Kevin Sims and just listening to different conversations and stuff. Because before I got in this community, I wasn't open to it at all. I, 
and that's dead, that's over, yada, yada, yada. But just hearing some of the points and how it would be better for the kids and, you know, you started a family, yada, yada, yada. That, that, that was me not looking at this place that I don't agree with a lot of shit that they say and going F everything that they say, but that's me dissecting the information, taking, you know, what could be helpful for me and applying it. And then the stuff that I don't agree with, just, you know, let it go. But it's a lot of people in my situation, if they looked at this community the way that, you know, I look at it a lot of times, they they wouldn't have took they wouldn't have taken that advice. They would have just threw everything out and just said F the whole thing. So it, it again, it's not taking it from a homeless guy, but I think a lot of people I think the reason why this question was asked is because the way that people look at homeless people. And I'm not gonna say I necessarily look at this community like that, of course not, but it's a lot of disagreement with me in this community just because of my experiences and stuff. But I still found value in some of the um advice and stuff that they was giving out uh in a in a in a uh, environment that i don't necessarily agree with everything that they say or a lot of the stuff that they say so look i'm gonna play this clip bro i want to get your opinion on this the last clip that i want to play uh get your perspective on this i asked for it i wanted to be a preacher when i was six but i didn't know the price i had to pay much wisdom, much grief, much sorrow. Ain't no other way you're gonna get it. But if you can just go through the fire, you'll be like gold. Much sorrow. When I was six, but I didn't know the price I had to pay. Much wisdom, much grief, much sorrow. Ain't no other way you're gonna get it. But if you can just Go through the fire, you'll be like go. The first thing they do when you go to a pawn shop and take the what they do? How do they determine if it's gold plated or, or, or what? What they do? What kind of test they take it through? When you take the jury to the pawn shop, how do they determine if it's real or fake? They put it through the acid test. They put the fire upon it. That's how we know if we're real or fake. We're going to go through the fire. You're going to. What's up, Corey? What you think about that, bro? That hits home, man. It's real. Like, much grief. I mean, much wisdom, much grief. Some things can't be taught. Some things got to be caught. You know what I'm saying? And the only way you can catch them is by going through it and living through it yourself, like your real life experiences. And a lot of people, man, don't know the cost or what it takes to be where you are and what you got going on in your life, man. People just look at the things that you have and what you allow them to see. But a lot of the lives that we live, man, we had to pay a cost for that. And some of the stuff, it was too expensive. You know what I'm saying? But we end up paying it anyways. And so I feel like if you're going to have wisdom in this world, not everything can be taught to you. Some stuff got to be caught and it's caught through your experiences and the things that you face daily in your life. We all come from different walks of life. We all have our own different issues and things we got going on and we speaking from those things. And so that's why on this panel, man, we can have an array of individuals that's very intellectual based on what we know, because we know what we know. and we, we don't know what we don't know. And so I feel like if you're going to have some wisdom man, you got to go through some stuff in life, not everybody can teach you everything to put you where you want to be or where you think you need to be. 
you're going to go through some stuff and it's going to cost more than sometimes you're willing to pay. What you think, Aaron? What's up, bro? Uh, I'm going to be honest in the, on, on the top of my head, I made up a, like an analogy. So you had to bear with me while I explain it. Uh, yeah, so the first thing come to my mind is, uh, the reason why I can't pick this uh, video, cause he's been going through the fire and it really resonates with him, but to stick to my point that that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but to stick to my point in my mind, I see three doors, right? And they're, and they're <laughs> just work with me. They're attached to a mountain, right? And, and, and there's their own levels, right? Five year, 10 year, 50 years, right? And on each door, it says, become success. The second door says successful. And then the top one says the ultimate gift. And you got to decide which door you want to go in because you can only go in one. And what happens is most selfish people, like we all are, we want the, we want the ultimate gift, right? So we'll, we take those 30 years to get up that mountain, to get through that door. And, and uh, uh, up those 30 years, it's storming. Uh, you got to fight a dragon off. You know, you got all these battles. But then you look down and you're like, man, if I just would have went through door number two, I wouldn't have to deal with the dragon. I wouldn't have to deal with, the, with this all this fire, this fighting, this, this whole battle. You get up there, you finally get after 30 years. You get to the top. You, you know, you, you got one finger left as far on, on your right hand. Uh, you know, a toe missing, uh, and you drag yourself through that door. The most, the, the most important thing when, when you open that door, all you see is a sign that says, "What you have gained is experience, the greatest gift." And that's it, and that that's what it really made me think of. It's just like we go through everything, hoping to get something out of it. And we never know what we're gonna get, and uh, and you think you're gonna get something. But when you get through that door, it's like, damn, this is what I got. And that, that, that's what it really made me think of. You got you get experience. And, and and so like that, that's what it made my mind think of, like just going through the battle and the fire. What you think, Tommy? What's on your mind, bro? Uh I think I, I think uh what Aaron said is is hundred percent true. Like that a lot of these lessons that we learn, like uh like my pops used to drop stuff on me and then I would you know kind of roll my eyes like, what you talking about and uh most of the dudes that I know that grew with the pops went through this where you know he had dropped some stuff on you kind of and and then after a while when you go through your experiences like Aaron said the shit start being right and then you you know you finally get to a point you're like uh dude know what he's talking about you know but you go through a point where you got to experience it yourself to kind of validate what he's saying because again, you've never been his age, so you don't even see his point of view. You young and dumb, and you uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And then once you start getting these experiences, and these experiences are literally verbatim going word for word how he said it was going to go, at a certain point, your brain go, "All right, dude, know what he's talking about," you know. And then and then um, you know you don't you don't get much pushback after that. But I think experience is probably the greatest teacher of all and most people that you know are successful they tell you the school shit was you know just school you know you 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 really didn't learn until you got the experience uh me and you and trucks can you know that when you go through school it's just to get you to move the truck 
is when you get out there on that road when you learn how to drive that thing. You know, when you know how to, you know, back into them tight-ass corners or, you know, avoid accidents or look at the road differently and all that stuff. Like, you don't learn how to drive until you actually hit the road. So, um, and I think that's the, the advantage that a lot of these uh, homeless cats get is because not only do they get a lot of experience, they get experience outside of the norm. So they can see stuff from a whole different perspective than we see. You know, we see it as in going through the hustle and bustle and this, that, and the other. Whereas, like Aaron said earlier, they're seeing it from a more free uh, a space, you know, where they aren't necessarily under those pressures and they not, aren't necessarily under the uh, the guise of what most of us are under when you, you know, when you in this society. So um, I think an advantage of um, uh, an advantage of listening to, say, somebody like him is you're getting a completely different perspective. You know, because most of the people you're going to come in contact with, you know, for most of us, are going to be like you somewhat. So now you're talking to somebody that's completely out of your circle and completely out of your realm of uh, reality. And they're, and they're giving you a point of view that's completely different uh, than yours. Um, so I'm going to play that clip one more time, and then we're going to move on to the last part of the show. So... Y'all meet up for me. I asked for it. I wanted to be a preacher when I was six, but I didn't know the price I had to pay. Much wisdom, much grief, much sorrow. Ain't no other way you're going to get it. But if you can just go through the fire, you'll be like gold. Sorrow. I was six, but I didn't know the price I had to pay. Much wisdom, much grief, much sorrow. Ain't no other way you're gonna get it. But if you can just go through the fire, you'll be like gold. The first thing they do when you go to a pawn shop and take the, what they do? How do they determine if it's gold-plated or, or, or what? What they do? What kind of test they take it through? When you take the jury to the pawn shop, how do they determine if it's real or fake? They put it through the acid test. They put the fire upon it. That's how we know if we're real or fake. We're going to go through the fire. You're going to have disagreement with each other, but it's okay. Yeah. Hey, I was, yeah. it's, it's funny you said that I was having this uh, discussion yesterday. We were talking about the lottery uh, with my barber and um, him saying that, you know, he wanted to be a, a preacher, but he didn't know, you know, what, what it would take for him to go through that. And uh, we was talking about the lottery and how, you know, everybody's playing, everybody wants to win it. But I watched this show called um, uh, How the Lottery Changed My Life. And it's a lot of stuff that them cats went through that nobody Miserable. thinks about when they play them numbers. Miserable. Uh, and and so that, I mean, I, I remember the uh, one old dude on there. Uh, if y'all saw it, y'all might not want to talk about it. He, he said he had like 22 lawsuits against him. One lawsuit, he had went to like a restaurant. Literally, all he did was have lunch and left. And the waitress put a lawsuit against him talking about uh, he touched him. You know, you had one of them bought their kid like some, you know, crazy super fast car killed themselves in it. Um, you had one dude, I think they bought one of their uh, relatives a motorcycle. 
you know, we know Queen Latifah, what happened with her when she bought her brother a motorcycle. Um, so I, I think a lot of people, even like the baby, um, he's successful, rich. The very first day he found out he had a number one hit, Pops passed away. The I want I, I, I want to be wrong, but I remember he had a I think he had a number one album I think the next time, and his brother deleted himself. But everybody from the outside would look at the baby and go, "Oh, look at his life! Oh, da, da, da. man, that man got to live the rest of his life without his pops and his brother. I don't care how much money he got; he got to live with that." So I, I think that's more kind of talking to what he's saying as far as like he wanted to be a preacher, but he didn't know what you would have to go through. Like it's, you know, and I think we spoke to that early. Like it's a lot to to get to where a lot of these places. I mean, a lot of places where some of these people are, they don't went through some stuff that a lot of people. You know, I ain't I ain't trying to go through that. I, I ain't. <laughs> You know, so uh, I think that kind of speaks to what he was saying in, in that one part, uh, particularly. So, look, this uh, what you got, man, Dre? You got something you want to say? Yeah, the interesting part is uh, when he said he, he didn't know what the price he had to pay. That was the interest. That was one of the parts that stuck out is because um, we tend to look before we leap. A lot of times, you know, I was a daredevil as a kid growing up all my life. Like my mother was surprised when she found out what I was doing in the army, but my grandmother, what are you surprised about? You know what I'm saying? You were there, you know, you saw how he grew up, what he, the stuff he was doing as he was growing up. He's always doing crazy stuff. What do you see? She, my grandmother's the only one like, why are y'all surprised? You know? So that's one that, I mean, you, you can, you can liken it back to like when women say they want high value men. I mean, they'll make a lot of money and stuff. Well, they're used to dating regular dudes. Guys who make that kind of money in their income bracket. Okay, that's a whole different type of guy. That they have no clue what they're getting themselves into. You know what I mean? No, that's facts. Because if and you they- look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers, 10% of the population makes six figures or more, give or take 1%. Right. So you got so you have ninety, let's be generous and say ninety, I mean let's say eighty-five. Eighty-five percent mm-hmm. of people don't identify with that type of lifestyle. So you exactly. know, you, you have to be you have to be aware as a woman when you say you want this type of man, what it actually takes. You know what I mean? It's different. Exactly. It's yeah. not it's, it's not different. the norm. It's not the norm. And so eighty five And that's overall, Ken. That's not even the black community. If you go to the black community, that number right. probably goes smaller. Right. Way smaller, Tommy. Way smaller. Yeah. And another thing you said that struck me was uh, was like a, if you stick to the fire, you'd be like gold, right? That brings you back to pressure. Yep. Like, you know, I, most people, you squeeze them, they fold, just like paper. But you know what I'm saying? You got some few people, you know, other people, you, you, you squeeze them, they focus. And um, like people like, like myself, like the... I used to intentionally in college wait until about a day before I had a paper due to do it, right? I had research and saw all that stuff done, but actually typing that shit out, like the closer I got to the deadline, that's like as tight. There's times, there's times, man, I didn't start typing that, start typing that paper, a uh, paper up until six hours before I had to turn it in. Got a ninety-four on it. Like the more pressure I'm under, the more I focus. You know what I mean? Always been like that. But most people, you give them three months to do something. 
and they stretch, they just wig out. You know what I'm saying? And that's something I never understood. But and it's another thing that people, you know, say they want to be doctors or lawyers, but then when they get in college, you know, they go to undergrad. Then they have to go, you know, go to pre med and all this other stuff. They're not thinking down the road how much that's going to take to get there. In law school, lawyers the same way. First year of law school, most people drop out. You know, so because look, of the workload. Look, so the pressure. Al put a hundred k isn't that different. The difference is three hundred k, right? Yes. So, so look, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with. Well, actually, I do disagree with that. Yeah, the, that's social media BS. The average mm-hmm. American makes about fifty grand. So when you double that number, it changes your whole outlook. It, it, it changes your outlook on. Um, it changes your outlook on everything. So, you know, the way you view politics when you start getting into taxes and all of that kind of stuff, you know, you'll go from being on one side of the fence to the other side of the fence real mm-hmm. quick when you start to really see what's going on and start to ask the right questions. But look, this is I, this this is uh one of the things that you know, we get into the end of it, but are men worthy of redemption? Is the question. Yeah. We all um we all are aware of uh Will Smith and this whole incident, right? So the question is, are men worthy of redemption? Given the circumstances, we've we've kind of seen Will Smith go through it. Rightfully so. Is is he worthy of redemption? What do you think, Corey? I would say absolutely. You know, I got a chance to watch some of this interview that he talked about this, and he's a human, man. He made a mistake, you know, and I believe he was able to address that, and he apologized for the things that he's done. I think as people, like people who look up to these people and idolize these people, right, we're let down because we have this expectation of them to never let us down. And it's like Will Smith didn't let me down, you know. His actions – may have done something to a lot of people. But, I mean, him as a, being a human, it's inevitable. We're going to do things and we're going to mess up. But the redeem, the redeeming part of it is, do you actually want to change? You know what I'm saying? Once you've made this mistake and you're coming out and you said, I want to make this thing right, it's not about lip service. It's about taking action. What are you going to do differently now that you've been given this opportunity to be redeemed? And then you got to ask yourself, who am I looking to be redeemed by? You know what I'm saying? It's like, am, am I doing this because I want to be, I'm a, I'm a better man than, than what I just displayed? Absolutely. So I'm going to redeem myself. But I think people are so unforgiving, man, that it's hard at times. But I believe everybody, everybody should be given the opportunity to be redeemed in the eyes of everybody, uh, regardless of what the situation was. So I agree. You can be, I think men are worthy of being redeemed. You got to forgive yourself first and then start taking baby steps from there. And then eventually, this all is subsided. You can be back where you was. What you uh, what you think, Mandrell? What's on your mind, man? There are some people who are not worthy of redemption. I mean, that's just my book. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know. I see one of my problems is I've seen too much. There's some people who just they're past the point of no return. The world ate them up, and now this is how they are. It ain't coming back, you know what I'm saying? But it goes, but 
to kind of build off what Corey said, I mean, it depends on if that does that person really want to ch- want redemption. And that comes with action. You can't say I want to be redeemed, then someone forgives you, but then you go back to the same behavior. The behavior has to change. Otherwise, it's moot, you know. So, and does Will Smith deserve? Uh, does do most people? Yeah, the vast majority of people do deserve redemption. But there are some people out there who are just nah. You know what I'm saying? But does Will Smith deserve rep, uh, redemption? Yeah, the, the opportunity at least. And whether he actually takes advantage of that and really does change, that's up to him. But uh, yeah, the vast majority of people do deserve it. But you got to keep your eye on those that, that small few. What you think, Tommy B? Um, I think a lot of it's case by case. And uh, I think uh, some of it uh, is determined by your beliefs. Um, for me, um, and I also think it, it, it's on your track record. Um, and I think that's where me and uh, Mandrell were seeing different with the Will Smith situation. Because for me, Will Smith doesn't have a track record of being like this. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of people to have bad shit to say about Will Smith. Um, I said this on a couple of podcasts already. Uh, Will Smith and, and Obama have lived lives that most of us couldn't hold up to. You know, as far as just staying out of trouble, as far as staying out the way, as far as being um, uh, intentional on getting where they want to get, um, as far as being like positive influences, like to live their life the way they lived it in the public eye is extremely hard, and especially for somebody like Will Smith, who's literally been in the public eye since he was a teenager. And for him to be as clean as he is, um, you, you he, you know, you would have to give him redemption because that's not his character. Everybody saw that, and we knew that was out of character for him. Um, I think he would be unredeemable if that was his character, if that's something we did expect out of him then it'd be hard to redeem him. For me personally, um, I can't redeem a snitch. And I'm talking about the actual, you know, definition of one, not this weird shit that they didn't came up with now. But, you know, if you decided to do something and then you got caught and you give up everybody, ain't no redeeming that, bro. You signed up for that shit. Nobody signed you up for that shit. You feel me? It's, it's, you know, I got the dude that, you know, read it on my brother. Like, ain't no redeeming him. It's fuck him for life. He signed up to do what he decided to do, and he got caught on a whole nother case. And then decided to bring this shit up to get some time off. Ain't, ain't no redeeming that, bro. Period. But I, I agree with Mandrell. Most people, absolutely, you know, should be redeemed. And, and I think a lot of that is based off of, uh, it's based off a of track record. You know, if you got a track record of being an asshole, most people ain't going to be one to redeem you. You know, but if you got a track record of being a good guy, most people, most people, and I think that's what's been kind of rubbing me the wrong way with the Will Smith thing. And I said it yesterday, I think a lot of people are jealous of people like Will Smith, Russell Wilson, and even like Obama because they can't live to that standard that these people have lived to. You know, it's, it's almost like even with, like, some of the pastors and stuff, it's, it's like people can't wait to see their downfall to go, oh, you're human. Oh, you mess up too. You know, and and, and I, uh, I think that's what a lot of the backlash, Not and, and I'm not saying that 
Will Smith didn't deserve the backlash because he absolutely did. But I think people went in as hard as they did because he's upheld this image for so long. And now it's finally like, ha, gotcha. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it was almost, it was almost not even being critical. It was almost a celebration of the perfect guy has went down type of deal. Because yeah. even if you looked at like his Instagram before that, it was always happy. He's cheesing his, hey, guys, da, 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 da. And you would even see some of the comments because I think Joe Budden even kind of commented about his son about like he's too happy. He and I know he was joking and stuff, but I'm just saying I think it's real people out there that really feel that way. Like, why is this guy always happy? Oh, he's so successful. Oh, he's a goody two shoes. Yada yada yada. It's just yeah. Andrea, look, I got a question. Uh, well, the chat had a question. Can you give an example that you know of something that's unredeemable? Pedophiles. Agreed. Yeah. I don't think I don't, you get yeah, a disagreement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I got like eight. I got like 12 yeah. more. I'll, but I, yeah. I can give you that one and stop right there. Yeah. yeah. Can, I add, can I add a component to that? Yeah, go ahead. And What's up? I know pedophiles is a big one, right? <laughs> yeah. There's, 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 there's something called sexual disorders. I, I just studied it. Mental aspect. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a mental aspect to it. I just studied it in my graduate program. Actually, it was the last class I was just in right now, finishing up, and and we had to study sexual disorders, and pedophilia was one of those things that was brought up, and it kind of threw me for a loop, because it was talking about how men have it's it's something in their their brain that sets them off to, to feel this way, and not just and that they don't act on it all the time, but they feel these thoughts that they're not doing anything wrong or harming anyone. It's definitely a mental issue that needs to be addressed. It's never addressed. Now, as far as are they redeemable or not, that's an argument, you know, one can, you know, beg to fight. But knowing the mental health component of it, I would say those individuals also deserve, from my personal opinion, and based on research and what I just studied, they also deserve some redemption as well. We may not like the act. It's a lot of stuff that people do that we don't like, but they get it worse because of who they target, Right. But when you start doing the research and, the, and looking at the mental health component of it, they psychologically have some issues going on that needs to be addressed. So I would say, based on what I know in, in professionalism, they deserve some redemption. Now, people are going to disagree. And I'll be pissed off if it happened to my kid and somebody came to my kid like that. But understanding it and studying it, it's like, damn, I didn't know this was a real thing, but it really does exist. It's a mental component to it. It's just empathy. That's all it is. Just seeing it from their side. You know, man, it's, it's, that that's can a, be true, too. That that's can be very true difficult, too. though, bro. That that particular – it's a couple of them that's very difficult to have empathy for. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what you think, bro? What do you think about this uh, Will Smith situation? Well, I'll take the initial question uh, as far as are men worthy of redemption, and then I'll dive into the Will Smith aspect. Uh the world owes men redemption. The world owes it to men. I don't. Uh, I don't want the world to allow me my singular vote to dictate anything because I don't have enough of anything to make those de definitive decisions. But I do think the world as a collective group, et cetera, owes redemption to everybody in every aspect of anything. I think we struggle with our own views that because of those biases that we have, 
uh, we we realize we're the wrong person to have a vote sometimes. Like, man, I, I don't put me part of that vote because I I burn them in the fire right now. And sometimes you got to understand that. Yeah, that sounds good to us, but we need we need as crazy as it sounds. We need people that don't think like us. <laughs> as crazy when we're overly nice, we need somebody that's not overly nice. Oh, let let them go. They're a good kid, and we and then we like hell no, burn them down. We need a balance to it, right? And so, in a sense, I do think the world owes men redemption. Uh, I, on an individual basis, I, I don't think we should be allowed to, to make those decisions. And that's conflicting. I know that's a conflicting statement. I actually agree with Corey uh, as far as the mental illness illness aspect. I, something I thought about a lot um, before and how they're ridiculed. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. Uh and, and listen, and I know that's a, not a popular position, but I'm Mr. Unpopular is what I do. Uh, and so, yeah, I may not be able to grant that redemption myself. Like we said, if it's my kid, ah, get away from me. Put him on the other side of the world. You know what I'm saying? Where I can't get him. But I, I, I do think it's important to realize when we talk about that judge, maybe it was a black judge that hugged, hugged that officer that killed that guy. We was like, how dare she hug her and make, you know, we we stand it from our, our 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 convictions. You know what I'm saying? We don't necessarily redemption. Maybe that just, it's a lot that goes into things like that. And I always try to look for it in a different angle than just my own views of the world. Uh, let, I'm I'm gonna try. I mean, they they hit me up and they said pull up. You know, I show up for the people. Uh, but as far as that, that's where I'm sticking with. Uh, redemption is for everybody, but particularly I want to focus on the men. The world owes redemption to men. I don't, but I'm not the world. So I know that's kind of conflicting, so I'd want to say that. But as far as Will Smith goes, I was disappointed. I was. I was disappointed because I, I do think in certain situations, you have to have a certain level of intelligence uh, and operate that way. But I'm also not ignorant to the fact that we, we can succumb to our emotions and a lot could be going on that which we don't understand. Uh, but I, I, I let I let Will Smith, you know, I've I been I've been forgave him, you know, as far as if, if I had any sense of thinking I should have a right to forgive him. Right. But just in the aspect of just as, as a human being to another human being, uh, you know, I've I, I been let it go. You know what I'm saying? The thing's going to play out. Nobody died. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was an unfortunate situation. It's not the best reflective position of him. And I don't think most people want to be judged on their worst days. Right. Uh so, uh, and and it's hard for me to say because I'm a ruthless individual. I will admit that I'm, I do. I'm not. I'm not very caring. Uh, this person that you get now is not somebody you would recognize years ago. It's a lot of work, uh, but I, I, I definitely I stand by the redemption aspect. It's for everybody, no matter no matter what we think, no matter how crazy we can create a scenario. And I know Mandrell can, and I know he's thinking of one possibly. It's for everybody. It's, it, I just believe if it's my child, <laughs> it's my family. You got to put them on the other side, of, uh, side of the planet for me. But at the same time, I don't have a right to to just completely like get rid of somebody on an individual basis. I think a world's decision is redemption, and I think it's right for everybody. I think um, I think it has to do with your experience as to how you would answer this question, because some of the stuff that Mandrell has seen. I can understand 
why he would feel differently. Some of the stuff that Tommy B is saying, I can understand why he would feel differently. Every man, we've, we've seen different things that we just couldn't forgive, that we just cannot redeem, bro. We cannot, we just not going to be able to do it. But the thing about uh, this Will Smith situation is he shouldn't, and hopefully he's not looking at it this way, but he doesn't need forgiveness from people, bro. Like, you know, Pac said, bro, that's one of the greatest lines he said, only God can judge me, man. Only God can judge me, man. This dude, and and if you think about the clips of the homeless man that were played, bro, it applies to this situation. Much grief, much, much wisdom, much sorrow. It come with this. So when he talked about, you know, wanting to be a preacher, and not being aware of what would come with it, if you think about it, no man is prepared for the amount of success that Will has experienced in his life, the heights that he has, you know, come to. No man, there's no manual for that, bro. The same way there's no manual for being a parent, that level of success, most of us, because I would say he's in a 1% easily, probably a half point five percent. Most of us will never be able to understand, you know, his perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, you know, when we start talking about like leadership and all of this kind of stuff, when we start talking about men be able being able to uh handle criticism, man, this dude been taking heat for a minute. And when you start to think about what a leader is, as a man, if you do something wrong, you should apologize, bro. You should apologize. You should apologize and sincerely apologize and try to make things right. So, why does it take three or four months to do it? Well, well, hold on, Mandra. I, I think Ken. He also went and did the work. Right. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So when you say the three or four months, sometimes it takes time for you to even grasp the severity of the mistake that you made because like okay so when I listened to it Will Smith talked about you know not realizing him slapping Chris Rock yeah actually hurt more people than he thought now if the next day he would have woke up and said I apologize he still wouldn't have been aware of the impact of what he actually did giving people time to impart wisdom and knowledge into you and tell you, man, you know, you disappointed me and they in China or, you know, like the severity of the mistake is not understood. You have to give things time to breathe so you can realize certain things because that perspective is not there. So I think the biggest thing was Tony Rock. He said him and Tony Rock was real close. And I don't know if you've seen Tony Rock set after that. They ain't real close no more. And and, 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 and that's – Hold on. Hey man, I'm rocking with the Fresh Prince, man. <laughs> I'm rocking with but, the Fresh uh, Prince, bro. No, I, I, I think, I think he went and did the work, man. Drill, like he immediately left. He immediately see. This is what you gotta understand, man. Drill, it'd be different if it took him three months and he was in the spotlight the whole time. He was posting on Instagram. He ain't posted on his Instagram since. He ain't put no YouTube videos out. He ain't been on nobody TV show. None of that. He bounced out. 
And then the reports came in that he was doing the work. He was going to, you know, therapy to, you know, figure out what was going on with him and all this and that. He did what he was supposed to do. And that's the part why it's weird for me that people are like trying to dog him out or whatever. And and let's just keep it 100. You know, people don't like her. Cool. Why does it piss you off so much that he married to her? It ain't none of your MF in business. That's his life. People take him being married to her like they making him marry. I mean, like they making them marry her. That's okay. his wife. So what yeah. would you think about it? Okay, can I say something that that might be important for this moment? It might be. I don't know. Uh, this this might sound crazy, but I I think it's almost. I shouldn't say it. It's um it's almost imperative that Will Smith, Chris Rock, and Tony Rock work it out. As crazy as that sounds, right? Uh, it's almost imperative. It's almost necessary. Explain yourself. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to. I'm about to try. I know. Uh, in, in the in the so-called black community, mm-hmm. there's this thing of excessive pride, excessive manhood, uh, settling things with violence. Uh, mm-hmm. You ain't a man. It, it's a whole lot, and I could keep bringing, but. It, it would show a substantial amount of growth in black people's ability to problem solve with one another beyond violence and hatred. I, I'm just saying, and, and I'm not saying I expect anybody to agree with me. I'm just saying if you, cause look, I'm going to be honest. When I, it's going to sound like some white people stuff. When I hear that, uh, we could argue Steph Curry and parents kind of did it when i hear that martha was married to don and don was once must marry to kelly and kelly married to bob and they was once married to each other and they just switch and they all friends that's some abnormal stuff that's like damn that would never happen in art and i'm, and I'm no, just no, no 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 aaron that's abnormal period i, I, okay, I don't care but, what the race you are but, that's abnormal I, period but, <laughs> agreed but if i put a blanket in statement and i play what race are they You'd make an assumption. Is all I'm saying, and, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to have a, a perfect example. This is not. This yeah, is not yeah. I'm, I'm coming up on the spot. I'm just saying, as far as growth with problem solving, ability to change the direction how black people operate, this is one of the greatest opportunities if people can glean from it properly and if it actually comes together. Because realistically, you don't come back from situations like this. That man was embarrassed on national television. His brother's in fumes like you would have never done that. Like, I understand all those dynamics that yeah. come into it. I just think we lack problem solving. I, I, I just think we one of the very first communities that everything is violence, violence. Let's solve it with that. We, we hate each other. To I got to stop time. you, though, bro. No, I, I'm just saying. I'm saying image-wise. I'm not saying we're the only ones. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's more of it because I think that's an American issue. I don't think that's a – because like I explained yesterday, because I went to the military, I was exposed to the white side. And I was in in white bars. I'm talking, you know, karaoke. I I got friends in low places, white bars, like white bars. I promise you they fight more than we do. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. Promise you, they fight more than we do. (laughs) It's like it's nuts. But but here's the thing: their their style of relationships are way more fluid and it's way more dynamic than ours. Meaning, like we can't be friends the way they friends. Like we can't we can't play with animals in in the jungle the way they play with animals. That's white people stuff. Like the dynamics of relationships 
you, you know, and it's hard to explain because I'm literally, literally having this conversation in real time. And it's not a yeah. super thought out experience because I, I didn't know what we was going to be viewing and things like that. It's a raw comment. I'm just saying I really do think it would be a nice adjustment to how we deal with one another. And it's totally different image-wise because, once again, our image is destroyed. And, I, and I'm only talking about an aspect of image, not what actually happens. Because I'm yeah, 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 yeah. with you, Tommy. I know 100. I but, know exactly but, but Aaron, but this is the problem is then you're acknowledging that that's not really an abnormal issue in our community. Like, that's just what the image is. So if that's just only what the image is, then don't that mean it's, that's not really an abnormal problem? It's just it, it, we need to figure out a way of not presenting that image i guess you're saying those that control image control minds because remember i told uh remember yes i don't know if you was watching yesterday but uh, uh when uh uh chaotic said something about white people don't behave that way and a quick google search showed me that conor mcgregor and machine gun kelly was going at it at the award show yeah. so you know what i'm saying yeah. like so that's why i said is is I, I get what you're saying though because you know, because our image is so tarnished, we need to try to present a better image. I agree with you on that one. I just, like in this space, a lot of times we attach a lot of stuff to our community. And I'm just like, nah, bro, that's an American issue. That's not a, a black issue like that. Yeah, yeah, Everybody kind of doing that out here. The problem is we're, we're the people that separate ourselves from being American. We, we, we try to do it as often as we can. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, our experience is unique and different. It, it, it's a complex conversation yeah. that we're squeezing out right now, and it's difficult yeah. to have. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, yes, an American issue, I totally agree. But most Blacks will not consider themselves American-American. They'll just say, we are yeah. American, but we ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of thing. And, and, and it's probably a deeper conversation. Uh, I, I'm just saying, I, I just think it would be this, this is a perfect time. To, to show prominent individuals from a from a very 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 negative situation to turn it positive and I, i'm not saying that I, I they think, have to i'm not saying they should i'm just saying this is an opportunity that's all i'm saying i think the reason why i think it will be soft i believe that will's mother is still alive and Krista's mother is still alive i think that's what's going to get it squashed is the elders are going to get it. it's kind of the same thing that happened with uh i think Shaq and um Chuck had got into it one time, and then their mothers kind of was like, nah, this squashed. And I think that's what's going to happen with Chris and them, is eventually the mothers is going to lead that. to Because I, I, I don't think it's as hard as what you said it was. I think it's always going to be remembered. But the way this society is now, how we get over stuff, next year this time we won't even be thinking about that slap. And five years from now, that should be like it never existed. Just because of how Absolutely. fast, how fast okay. information and stuff moves these days. So we gonna uh, we gonna table this, bro. Uh, I think it's important, man. Like, you know, as far as leadership is concerned, uh, if y'all can mute up, that'll help me out, man. Uh, I think it's important that you know we figure out who our leaders are and how to lead, man. And sometimes we gotta lead by example. And sometimes we gotta take criticism. That's part of being a man. How do you recover? Uh, man, I learned a lot from my uh, my grandfather, and he uh, he passed away a few weeks ago. Um, 
as it relates to leadership and, you know, being a man, he was the, uh, he was a great example. No matter what anybody said, he stood up. And sometimes we got to stand up, bro. Leadership sometimes requires you to stand alone. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, send my grandfather off right. And uh, this, this song speaks to that. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. And may you stay forever young and may you stay forever young may your hands always be busy may your feet always be swift may you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift may your heart always be joyful and may your song always be sung and may you stay forever young and may you stay forever Hello, everyone. My name is Ken. I am the co-creator of the Thinking Man's podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we sparked the conversation between you and your loved ones, your family and friends. And we really appreciate it if you could share the content. You know, when we started this thing, the whole goal of it was to just start the conversation. We don't have the solutions, but we definitely want to spark conversations. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a good day.